Hey, this is Jesse, the third member of Rap Rankings, and you're listening to a Rap Rankings replay. This is Season Zero, Episode 6, our review of Pusha T's Daytona. Episodes from Season Zero, aka the beta test season, previously existed on SoundCloud only. The versions uploaded here have been remastered to resemble current show standards for your enjoyment. Remember, this was Season Zero, so if we sound like beginners, it's because we were beginners. But don't worry, the ratings are canon. It's just Mules and Mel's performances that aren't. Enjoy. Free Mules and Mel. Yuck. 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 This Yuck. guy, huh? Yuck. This guy. Yuck. 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 The Yuck. rapper. Yuck. Ghost? Oh man, are you over there gluck glucking? We got Tiana Trump in the studio today. Uh, sorry, we uh, I crashed the game because I'm modded. Right, <laughs> I've been playing that modern Skyrim because I'm modded. Glitch, I'm modded. glitch. Uh, yeah. All right, look, it's uh, it's rap rankings, folks. You know what it is. It's the show <laughs> where we. Mules and Mel, yeah. Attempt to listen to, rate, rank, and review every single hip hop album in history. That's right. It's uh, December twenty seventh. Happy holidays. Uh, oh God. I mean, let's just get into this. They they might not know, so we got to tell them. We just came off of doing an eleven hour twenty nineteen recap. So, yep. you know, exclusive on Patreon. Patreon. And we're still going because we're the content boys. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? We the content boys of the year. Drinks is on the house. Actually, no, they're not on the house because we don't make enough money from this yet. So you got to pay for your own drinks. But we are the content boys of the of the year. Um, listen, it's rap rankings. Let's just explain to them how this system works, right? That's what we do. Yeah. Why don't you explain to them? You know, they already know that we're trying to rate and rank and review every single hip hop album in history. Yeah, yes, they know, every they single hip hop album. Uh, all, yeah, everyone. They know I'm Mel. They know your moves. Let me tell them how we do this. All right, the okay. rating system. It's simple. Each song is rated on a scale of one to ten. These numbers do not reflect the quality of a song, as that is indeterminable. Instead, each number reflects a level of enjoyment. In short, here's what each number means. Ten means this is a perfect song to me. One of my favorite songs of all time. Nine means I love it, one of my favorite songs. Eight means I like it a lot. Seven means I like it. Six means it's all right. Five means I feel practically nothing about this. Four means it's not the worst thing I've ever heard, but I don't like it. Three means I don't like it. Two like means song, I really don't you know, like it. A three? What song? You know, I Ice like Blue Mink. Ice Blue oh, Mink. Ugh. I, I think I Link. gave Galchester a two, maybe, but maybe okay. I upped it to like a four. I don't That's know. a three. Anyway. Uh, listen, we're going to get, we got enough of a guy today who doesn't like that guy. So, and, and I don't agree with that guy. We're, we'll get into it. Number two means uh, I really don't like it. And one means I can't stand it. One of the worst things I've ever heard. Okay. The Chick-fil-A song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, once every song on an album is rated, three separate ratings are determined. The takeaway rating, the average rating, and the weighted rating. The takeaway rating is the percentage of songs liked, that is, songs rated 7 or higher. For example, on a 10-song album, if you like 5 songs, the takeaway rating would be 50%. 
The average rating is the percentage obtained by dividing the sum of the song scores by the highest possible score that particular album can receive. For example, each song can receive a maximum score of 10 points. So if an album has 10 songs, the highest possible score would be 100 points. However, if an album has 15 songs, the highest possible score would be 150 points. Lastly, the weighted rating is the percentage obtained by adding the takeaway rating to the average rating and dividing by 2. This rating is considered the final and definitive rating, and it is used to ultimately rank the albums on the giant board of every rap album in history. Wow. And what's on that board right now? Uh, let me tell him. Uh, man. Uh, and I'm boarded. And I'm boarded. Uh, all right. So number one right now is uh, Master Ace, A Long Hot Summer with a 70.25% weighted rating, or a 7 out of 10, if you would, <clears throat> or if you will. Uh, number two is Outcast Idlewild with a 58.5%. Uh, number three, Missy Elliott, The Real World with a 55.75%. Number four, Big Bear, Doing Things with a 42.25%. And in last place, Big Sean, Hall of Fame with a 40.5%. Wow. I mean, I wouldn't really say wow. I think the way things uh, shake oh, out. Okay, so I'm far, sorry. I would say God, oh God, boy, God, oh God, boy, boy, boy. <laughs> little fucking bitch. All right. Um. Yeah. So. <sighs> Do we tell them why we're here today? If if they haven't already discerned from our opening uh, ad lib. Sure. Why don't we tell them why we're here today? What are we going to listen to? All right, y'all. We're here to uh, talk about the proclaimed album of the year and shit from last year. Uh, Pusha T's Daytona. Okay. Pusha T of the Clips from uh, Virginia Beach. I wish he was still of the Clips. Star Trek. Star Trek, right? I can't right? say it, but I'm doing the I'm doing the Spock symbol. Is right this now. is this Star Trek or is this a different Pusha T? Fortunately, this is a much different Pusha T. Okay, well, before we jump into Pusha T, we do this on every episode. It's this week in hip hop and this week in hip hop history, where we discuss the major stories from that week as well as what happened in hip-hop history that week. How Why don't you tell us what us? happened this week in hip-hop history? Uh, well, uh, DMX's And Then There Was X celebrates its 20th anniversary. Um, Uncle Luke of Two Live Crew turns 59 years old, and the debut album from Young Money Entertainment, We Are Young Money, turns 10 years old. I didn't see any of these um, rap websites talking about that anniversary. Well, it's not really anniversary worthy, if you ask me. You know. Wow, spoiling a future episode of rap rankings right here. Well, I don't know. The, I'm just going off the top of my head. And when we do these the shows, I, I re-listen to the albums. So you're telling oh, me listen, I'm, a song, an, an album that contains such classics as Miss Parker featuring Mac Main, a song like Steady Mobbin featuring Gucci Mane. All the mains are on this thing, okay? You're telling me that this thing is not worthy of a 10th anniversary celebration and discussion? That's what I'm telling you. 
you're telling me that Drake, Aubrey Drake Graham, the man who appears on the songs Every Girl, Bedrock, and Pass the Duchy, didn't go off on this thing? Well, let's be honest. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Okay. Well, we'll see when we review We Are Young Money, nine years from now on Rap <laughs> Rankings. <laughs> Because it's um, not a priority. Listen, don't get me wrong. Don't think I have a side. I don't have a horse in this race here tonight. Like, don't think I'm like downing that album because I'm team push or something like that. All right, we're we're here to do an objective review as as objective as something innately subjective can be. So we'll, we'll get yeah, into look, that. Um, um, but yeah, but of course. Here's the thing: we have a new Billboard number one hip hop song. Oh, really? Who is it? Oh yeah, Roxanne. And I'm not talking about Sting and the Police. No. I'm talking about Roxanne by... Hold on. Arizona Zervis? I took the who thing out. I didn't think we were going to need that soundbite. Who? I'm I'm putting it back in. Hold on. We got to put it back in for this. I've never heard of it. So actually, I went and listened to this guy's song. Hold on. Who? Okay. Arizona Zervis. All right. He sounds like a Post Malone clone. A a plone, perhaps. And uh, what I found was that the song broke out on TikTok. I hate that. I hate that application. Now, uh, the the new Lil Uzi Vert Futsal Shuffle 2020 is currently... At number two. So hopefully next time we do this show, it will be at number one and we won't have to name a song that broke out on TikTok from an artist named Arizona that I've never heard of before prior to him going number one. Usually you (laughs) used to hear about someone first and then they'd go number one. You wouldn't find out about them because they went number one. Yeah, it seems like the game's a little effed up if that's the case, but you know. okay. Well, why don't that, you tell us what's going saw, on? Though, I hope it goes number one soon. I hope it happens, and maybe it will. We'll see next month on Rap Rankings. Maybe we will. Uh, in the news? But in the news. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, in the news, Blueface causes controversy by making it rain in Skid Row. Uh, or on Skid Row, I guess. Um, EMI reopens its lawsuit against Kanye West. <laughs> Drake drops UK drill inspired track War. Oh, loyal to that. And uh rehashes the Pusha T beef in new interview with Rap Radar. I didn't I don't even think he rehashed it. They just keep asking him about it. Well, it was rehash. How about that? Wait, what it does rehash, rehash actually mean? That's not rehash. Let's just say let's just say the beef was was quiet. It was all quiet on the Western Front for the Drake and Pusha T beef, and he was asked a question about it. And he answered in a way that could reignite the beef. Actually, well, no, I don't think it was a way that would re. Well, he was a little like, you know, a little, uh, you know, there were some jabs. But the word rehash, according to the dictionary here and on Google, says to put old ideas or material into a new form without significant change or improvement. I would say that's what happened. This is all information that he said before. Right. He rehashed, just like the added bonus he, of like, oh, I don't listen to him because I don't believe him. 
Right. Even if the thing he said now for why he didn't listen to him maybe is incongruent with some of the other things that he said and done throughout his career. That's neither here nor there because we're not here to discuss Drake, at least not yet, and at least not this far deep into the beef because we have to go back before we go forward. And I have to start here by just saying cocaine noun. Okay. Cocaine, <laughs> oh God. Noun. Oh God. All right. Really? The Webster's the, 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 the Merriam the Webster's Merriam dictionary intro? begins by saying cocaine. What is it? What do they say? Web, Webster's Merriam. What do they say about cocaine? All right. You now you really want me to look this up. Yeah. Well, I will look this up. Real fucking quick, nigga. All right, let's see. Uh, cocaine. C O C A I N E. All right. Uh, I mean, oh, this is Wikipedia. Do you you need the nah, definition? Nah, I need the Webster's Merriam Dictionary official definition. Did you say Webster's Merriam? Bro, I don't know their names. <laughs> Webster's. All right. Cocaine noun. Uh, hold on, they're about to pronounce it here. Let me let me turn this up. Here we go. Cocaine. Okay, a bitter crystalline alkaloid. Uh, that's C seventeen H twenty one N O four, obtained from cocoa leaves that is used especially in the form of its hydrochloride medically as a topical anesthetic and illicitly for its euphoric effects, and that may result in a compulsive psychological need. Hmm. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Um, and this album is full of it. Yeah, uh, it it's it's shoehorned in here. If you ask me, it doesn't need to be this full of cocaine. But well, without um, further ado, let us discuss the making of the background, the history of Daytona by Pusha T. Yeah. All the relevant facts about this album. All right, we're going to break this down as best we can before getting into this using, as much as I can, his own words. Okay. That's fair, right? Yeah, that's fair. There's a lot of baggage that came with this album, unnecessarily. Yes, and I want to talk about some baggage as we get deeper, as we get closer to the actual review. There's a lot of background information. Bag up the dope. This is a different kind of baggage. So, shall I begin? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so in December of 2015, Pusha T released the album King Push, Darkest Before Dawn, The Prelude, which was set to serve as a prelude to Pusha T's third album, King Push. However, the album suffered from numerous delays, and instead Daytona was announced by Kanye West via Twitter on April 19th, 2018 alongside the album's release date. Pusha T, May 25th, he tweeted. Now, I just have one correction here. I believe King Push Darkest Before Dawn came out in 2014. I'm almost willing to bet that it did. I think it was 2015. Why don't you check? All right. Because I was in St. Louis at the time, and I recall driving around. I listened. I was to that still album. in New York at the time, though, and that's what makes me think there's no way this shit was out. But maybe it was. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Maybe I'm thinking yeah, of the last album, out, the "My Name Is My Name." 
Yeah, you have to be thinking of that. This came out December 18th, 2015. Okay, fair enough. So it was right. Yeah, I was listening to that for the first time as I was trying to find a wing stop in town. That's why I remember listening to it. If not for that wing stop, I probably wouldn't have remembered anything from this. So recording sessions for this album took place in Jackson, Wyoming and Utah during 2017 up until May 2018. Initial production for the album featured a variety of high-profile producers such as the Neptunes. However, the original material was scrapped in favor of Kanye West producing the entire album. Daytona's seven tracks are all credited to Kanye, with the select few, Andrew Dawson, Mike Dean, and Pierre Bourne, receiving co-production credit on four of the tracks. The production influences came from creating individual song lists and sampling. The album contained 10 unique samples across its seven tracks, making it the most sample dance project to come out of the Wyoming sessions. It just, it just sounds like cult activity, the Wyoming sessions. It's just bullshit. That's all it is. Nobody should be doing any musical rap musical business in Wyoming. All right, I think that's, that's, that's isn't suspect. that the idea though? Isn't it like to isn't the no, whole I'm thing? Sure. Like with Kanye West is subversion, right? Yeah, that's his whole gimmick. So like, let's take rap. Let's ruin the good name of Wyoming, who by all accounts has been minding its business for most of American history, and and take our nonsense there. Yeah, let's take our nonsense there. Let's fly Yes Jules and Adam Twenty Two and all the other dickheads to Wyoming, have a big party. Wake up all the cows and the chickens and really raise hell. And you know, it's that juxtaposition. It's that subversion. Terrible. So uh, during these sessions, songs like Sociopath featuring Kanye West and Cash Doll were recorded. Uh, Sociopath leaked in April of 2019 and was later officially released in August 2019 as a single alongside Coming Home, which features Lauren Hill, which was also rumored to be intended for Daytona. Fun fact, my dad called me and he's like, did you hear that new Lauren Hill? And I was like, new Lauren Hill? He's like, yeah, she's on a song with that guy, Pusha T. He sucks, but she was pretty good. Those were my dad's <laughs> words. So, you know. I love it. So um, Pusha T spoke to Entertainment Weekly and he elaborated on the hectic recording sessions Um should I play Entertainment Weekly and should you play Pusha T? Sure. Okay. So uh, we'll be referring to this one more time as we get through the background of this album. For right now, we've just chosen to isolate stuff that's specific to the recording process. So I will now uh, be Entertainment Weekly and Melvin will be Pusha T. What is this? Amber alert. Must have missed it. Okay. Right after the album was announced, a Twitter user said, pushes tea, pushes tea. Right after the album was announced, a Twitter, this is good. This is method acting because like a entertainment weekly, would be scared talking to this guy. They've never been around rappers before. They don't know what this is all about. All right, let's, let's start over as the Entertainment Weekly reporter in character would have started over because they felt like they got off on the wrong track. You know, take a swig of the water and say, right after the album was announced, a Twitter user said, 
Pusha T still going to be rapping about moving kilos, to which you responded, Indeed I am. Have you been facing pressure to switch your topical focus? It's not any pressure to move away from it. Why would I do that? When I came out, it was all of the drug culture, coke rap. They were giving me these titles, they were shooting at me over it, so on and so forth. And now I feel like rap lives in the trap today. They even developed a whole new sound of rap called trap music. No, I don't feel any pressure. I feel like this is great. I love it. The King Push hype started with that photo of you in the studio with the Neptunes. At what point did the project switch from King Push produced by the Neptunes to Daytona produced by Kanye West? What happened was Kanye is my boss, so I didn't really have a choice. Oh, wait, no, that's not what he said. Oh, what he said was, what happened was I made a host of records with a lot of different producers, the Neptunes being one of them. I played those records for Ye. After I laid the vocals, we'd all come back together and listen to them. And ultimately, he got up one morning and said, hey, man, I I was thinking, I think I can produce all these records better if I just do them myself. I, I think we can get the sound more in sync and in unison not just 12 or 14 hot records, you know, an album that sounds like one full movie, you know? Let's go to Utah and do that. (laughs) After Kanye's hospitalization and on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy's sixth anniversary... (laughs) Fuck is this sixth anniversary? Sixth anniversary. Fuck is this shit? Who the fuck is this? Yeah, I got you, (laughs) Who the fuck is this? Okay, let's try again. After Kanye's hospitalization and on my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy's sixth anniversary, we said on Instagram, I think it's time we all head back to Hawaii. Sidebar, MBDTF was produced during a creative retreat on the island. Did the Wyoming sessions have any glimmer of those Hawaii sessions? Totally. We were allowed to use our phones, though. In Hawaii, we couldn't use our phones. In Wyoming, we've all been on our phones feverishly. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I just like, thought about that. Like, no, here's the thing. I do remember reading an article. This is when they used to write those long profiles about, like, the recording of an album and all that stuff, like on Complex or whatever, you know, all the all water carrying that they did for Kanye. So, right. I remember there being like signs up on the wall and the pictures, like no tweeting, no phones, like no adjectives, yeah. like whatever, like whatever they had up on the wall. But like just the way he's phrasing it, like we've been on our phones feverishly. <laughs> it's, it's like what, what he apparently felt was pertinent to like... <laughs> tell this person that they've been on it like does that factor into the album process i mean is he just that excited to be able to use his phone what were you doing on your phones feverishly what was what was so important that you were feverish about it you know like it's such an odd thing to say on their phone or something maybe they were using them Uh, i don't know i'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt but it's just a strange strange if you really said that that's a strange thing to say that is strange Anyway, anyway, uh, we had a really, really good time. When Kanye speaks about it, he's like, man, this is therapy for me. And within that therapy, he found my album. 
He found Tiana's album. He found the song that he has going for his album and Cuddy's album. Is that sense of isolation that helps develop the sound? Yeah, the focus is so laser. We're laser focused when we're away like that. I honestly don't think it could happen in California. There's so many things pulling at you when you're in California. You've put an emphasis on production during the lead up to the album. What qualifies as a good beat to you? In the process for Daytona, Ye went to the record store and got thousands of dollars worth of old records. See, this is why he in personal debt. Because he went to the record store and bought thousands of dollars worth of old records. Sounds like someone I know, except with iTunes purchases. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, we then in turn took them to Wyoming and we each made lists of 25 to 50 records that we just loved. Then we listened to all of our lists. And when we found records that had a particular feeling, we would point it out and make another list. (laughs) And once we got enough records over on that list, we say, this is the sound that we're chasing. And he would go chop sample after sample after sample going for that sound. You've put an emphasis. Oh, that was the one you just answered. It's okay. Uh, the Take sample, your time. I'm an approachable dude. I've just never been around a professional rapper before. <laughs> I'm from Entertainment Weekly. I mostly interview people on TV shows and Marvel movies. And, you know, the only rapper I met was actually, uh, you know, the uh, ASAP Rocky guy. Uh, yeah, we, we we know about him. Yeah, so I was at a press junket for the movie Dope, and he was actually there. <laughs> Dope. And I used to sell yeah. that. I still, I mean, I, st- I, mean, I still sell that. He I was cool. It. I mean, he was kind of a dick, but he was cool, you know? Yeah. So the sample for Little Kim's Drugs, which you wrapped on over on We Got It For Cheap Volume 2 pops up here again on Santeria. Was this part of your list? Totally. The funny part is it wasn't on my list. It was on Kanye's list. Okay. So, besides the length, what would you say sets Daytona apart from the rest of your discography? Well, first of all, it sucks and compared... Oh, sorry. To me... It's in the top two of my projects, one being Eclipse album called Hell Hath No Fury, the other being Daytona. I'm going through that battle right now with my head. I don't know what's number one and two, but that's what I'm toying with. With a set release date and just seven songs, is it easier to figure out what's the best material to include? I just go by the feeling, man. Seven songs is the easiest thing. I may never make another album over seven songs again in my life because I don't really have a choice because Kanye runs everything over here. Well, Pusha, it was great talking to you, and we'll talk to you a little bit later on about Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown. Sounds good. Hey, hey, when you do one of those Marvel movies, I like those Marvel movies. They call me the Doctor Strange of Coke. So, So just, you know, feel free to call me when you do one of those. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, The album was officially completed on May 23rd, 2018, two days before digital release. I must say in classic good music fashion, working up until after the buzzer. Uh, Even though I time to sit with it and digest it and see, you know, like 
all right, am I cool? Like, is this as good as it possibly can be? Am I happy with everything on here? I mean, two days before is good for them, for this, for this camp. Usually it's like two weeks after. But the original artwork for Daytona was replaced a few days before the album's release, with the official artwork showing a picture of now-deceased singer Whitney Houston's drug paraphernalia-littered bathroom. The licensing for the artwork costs $85,000 paid by Kanye West. Again, why he's in personal debt. And I'm supposed to feel bad for him? Because you licensed a beloved singer's... Because you licensed a beloved singer's, you know, private quarters and and, and drugs. That's not cool. Is this supposed no, to be subversion. artistic? This is that it's aesthetic. Oh, it's more subversion, right? Yeah, it's more right. subversion, of course, because I, you know I, I would, Whitney I Houston. Think if Whitney Houston was alive, I would hope that she would give him an RKO for this. Like this isn't cool. Like you're doing this just to just to do it, just to say you did it. What is what is this like? Are you serious? He didn't. I mean, listen. To be fair, this is a Kanye move, not a Pusha T move. Pusha T just couldn't stop him from doing it. Well, we're about to talk about that. Um, Pusha T said, Kanye changed my artwork last night at 1 a.m. He told Angie Martinez in an interview that aired Thursday, May 24th, 2018. When asked why, he simply replied, he wasn't feeling it with a laugh. (laughs) Everything is happening in real time. According to Pusha, he received a late night call from Yeezy who stated, this is what people need to see to go along with this music, fam. I'ma pay for that. I mean, Kim's going to pay for that, but it's getting paid for. Houston's ex-husband, Bobby Brown, criticized the cover, saying it was in, quote, really, really bad taste. (laughs) I'm going to agree with Bobby Brown. So Bobby Brown actually was interviewed by Rolling Stone. And he, um, he saw the cover and said that, um... It was in really bad taste. He hadn't seen it when it was first released due to working on the BET biopic, The Bobby Brown Story. Uh, he continued and said that that's really disgusting that he would do that really in bad taste. According to reports, Push's producer Kanye West shelled out nearly six figures for the picture of Houston's bathroom, which was photographed in 2006. The My Prerogative singer said that the West that West went too far. Something, Something should happen should to Kanye happen West. To Kanye. <laughs> Brown, Brown continued. continued. He's already, he's already crazy. crazy. I knew that when I first <laughs> met him. Now he's pushing the bar a little bit. He needs somebody to slap him up or something. And I'm just the person to do it. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, Houston's estate commented on the controversial cover art, staying, stating they are stating quote, extremely disappointed in Kanye's choice while depositing an $85,000 check into their escrow. <laughs> I mean, were they the copyright holders of the photo or was it like the photographer? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Good point. I mean, hey. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were in, you know, ownership of the photo and took the money while also saying they were disappointed. Um, they said, even in Whitney's death, we see that no one is exempt from the harsh realities of the world, they added. 
Houston's cousin also reacted unfavorably to the artwork. Back to his interview with Entertainment Weekly, Pusha had this to say about the cover. What led to Whitney Houston's bathroom being the Daytona cover? I had a full album cover that we had basically agreed on. At 1 a.m., Kanye calls me and says, Hey, I think we need to change the album cover. I don't think it's strong enough, fam. I was like, okay, do you have something in mind? It was something that was extremely expensive, and I told him I didn't want to pay for it because he don't pay me enough to pay for that. I told him I was extremely happy with what we had and didn't feel like the album cover that we had matched with the tone of the music. He, he He didn't feel like that. He said, well, listen, I'll pay for it. Let me get on that. And then I presume he probably called Kim. But listen, production is something I don't bother him with. And he's done my album artwork for every album that came out on good music. That was something else that I was like, all right, do your thing. I posted the album artwork today, but it's really been the talk. And I think that it definitely does match the energy of my album. In what way does the new cover illustrate the production? I feel like the cover represents an organized chaos. The energy of the album is a bit chaotic, but it's all in place. And looking at that cover, I'm sure whoever frequents that bathroom (laughs) or that area (laughs) knew exactly whatever they wanted to find and knew where it was. I see. Uh, That makes absolutely no sense. What was the original artwork, if you don't mind me asking? I mean, no, no, it makes sense. I mean, you ever had a messy room and, and to someone who walked in, they like, wow, your room's a mess. But you tell them, well, I know where everything is, you know, organized chaos. But listen, the original artwork, it was just a picture of myself. There was a photographer that we found that we were super impressed by. He was great. So Pusha explained the album title by stating, I changed the album title from King Push to Daytona because I felt like it didn't represent the overall message of this body of work. A body of work is your entire catalog, not one project, but uh, Daytona represents the fact that I have the luxury of time. He said that luxury only comes when you have a skill set that you're confident in. Uh, in speaking with genius.com, Pusha said, I feel like King push was easy. It's a moniker. I came up with people call me that on the street. I call bull on that. That's extreme. Cat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's an easy way of doing things. I feel like Daytona represents how I really feel, and it really represents the whole process of this album. The name comes from having the luxury of time. Rolex Daytona is my favorite watch. The process in doing this album, it was a tedious process, but I think it says a lot about how much time I wanted to put into it, and it says a lot about the luxury of time that I have as an artist. I feel like a lot of artists don't have this luxury. I changed the album title from King Push to Daytona because I felt it didn't represent the overall message of this body of work. But is this just, the re- is he just repeating this? <laughs> okay, real luxury of time. Uh, like the sky. Okay. Oh, I don't have something to say to you every day. Nevertheless, create a song about this music comes from a, what is, what is he talking about? What kind of grant? What? I don't have something to say to you every day. Nevertheless, create a song about doesn't he mean like you know let alone create a song about i think that's what he was trying to say i don't know uh this music comes from a real place every time this album is for my family high taste level luxury drug rap fans literally this is nothing more than the outcome of our musical therapy sessions 
This is all happening in real time. You don't have my artwork because I don't have my artwork. The final master was turned in two hours ago. No single. I mean, what are those? I'm not interested in any of that. Yay. We've really outdone ourselves. Thank you. Pusha also revealed that Nas called Daytona a classic. Uh, that's not that much of a cosign considering Nas is pretty hit or miss himself, or hit or miss himself but, uh, yeah. Um, Pusha T revealed that Nas called Daytona a classic. And that's how they ended the article on Genius. And um, Daytona is the first of five albums produced by Kanye West in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, in what have become known as the Wyoming Sessions, released in 2018 with a seven-track album being released every week. Wait, are you, are you skipping this portion right before this? Yeah. Oh, Okay. It's not important, I don't think. All right. The album preceded the release of Wes's eighth studio album, Yay, his collaboration with Kid Cudi titled Kid See Ghosts. Eh. Nas's 11th studio album, Nasir. Eh. And Tiana Taylor's second studio album, KTSE. It was all right. The album was supported by the lead single, What Would Meek Do? which was released from the album on July 4th, 2018, after the album had already been released. Why would he ruin Independence Day like that? Daytona debuted at number three on the U.S. Billboard 200 with 77,000 album-equivalent units, of which 39,000 were pure album sales. And the album received widespread critical acclaim and was named in multiple year-end lists. Well, I mean, the only explanation is Pusha T was sliding him some of those drugs. He, he was giving drugs to these journalists. I could see it. And well, what did the journalists have to say, Mel? Oh, well, uh, at Metacritic, which assigns a normalized rating out of 100 to reviews from mainstream publications, the album received an average score of 86 based on 22 reviews, indicating, quote, universal acclaim. Paul A. Thompson of Pitchfork described the album, quote, a near tight exercise and flair in focus, stating that, quote, it shirks the bloat and radio concessions of Darkest Before Dawn and, to a greater extent, his 2013 debut album, My Name Is My Name. The beats, sample heavy and produced entirely by Kanye, are uniformly excellent and let you see the seams. It's like an album full of bound twos without the sentimentality. <sighs> I hate reading this. Concluding that the album is, quote, Pusha's best work as a solo artist. Ben Beaumont Thomas of the Gardens. Uh, uh, Be- 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 who? Who was? Beaumont. 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 Ben Beaumont. Beaumont Thomas. This guy's family owned slaves. I'm not going to <laughs> mince words here, and I'm not trying to make this an indictment, but when I see a last name like Beaumont Thomas. Beaumont Thomas, leader of the Beaumont Plantation. The, Blo- the Beaumont Plantation and I gotta say, you as a rap critic makes me uncomfortable, if only because I can, I can see the the I can go back in time and I can see that name doing things. Beaumont Thomas. <laughs> I'm sorry, but oh, I just uh, I, I know you're up to no good. Not you, but you know your lineage, your family. You've owned slaves. Well, listen. 
Ben Beaumont Thomas of The Guardian stated that, quote, <laughs> each track is an elocution lesson. Does, did he mean to say ex? Is that a word? Elocution? Listen, some words we're not we haven't been given access to to this day. Look, Massa didn't want us learning these words. That's why he's using them. This is passed down in Massa's secret vocabulary book. Um, his bars enunciated with the almost pedantic menace of a bad cop explaining what he plans to do to you. What? Oh, I'm really not comfortable with this guy. Yo, we put him on a list. This Beaumont. He's on the boy, list. Put him on the list. He's on the list. Okay. Beaumont Thomas, you just made the list. Kind of like the worst possible analogy you could make at, at, in, in times like these. Um, describing the lyricism as crisply, crisply brilliant drug poetry and commending the production. Yo Phillips of DJ Booth wrote that Daytona, quote, puts on display a maximized portrait of potential. Wait, what in the alliteration? A maximized <laughs> portrait of potent potential realized. Yo, this was like, this man has missed his calling as like a mid 90s kind of freestyle fellowship ass backpack rapper. I put on a maximized portrait portrait of potent potential realized, you know, (sighs) (laughs) after knocking at this door for years, I I have his phone number, yo. So I'm you have currency's phone number too. What does that mean at the end of the day? I have many phone numbers. You ain't calling him. Probably not, but he's a uh, acquaintance of mine. (laughs) I ain't gang. Listen, yo could get me smacked up for this. Uh, After knocking at this door for years, Pusha has finally made an undeniable breakthrough. His words are razor sharp. His lyricism blessed by the kind of beats that allow him a beautiful ring to box it. <laughs> Quayden. <laughs> okay. Quayden. Listen, I mean, I'd rather laugh than think that your family owns slaves, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Clayton, per- Clayton Purdom. Of the AV Club, who are descendant, these guys? A descendant of slaves, not a slave okay. owner. Yeah, listen. Uh, yeah, Clayton Purdom of the AV Club <laughs> expressed that Daytona is I can't these names quote, anymore, man. Just leave uh, out their names in the next episode. Uh, uh, yeah, I just, yeah. Listen, just save these people these, the embarrassment these of being names. involved in. Oh my god! Wild names. Uh, he expressed that Daytona is, quote, an absolute masterpiece of minimalism, right, complimenting, both, complimenting both the album's production and lyricism. Kyle Mullen of Exclaim stated that the album, quote, no, Kyle Mullen of, of Exclaim. Yeah, Exclaim stated that the album boasts a mostly sinewy, sinewy? It's sinewy, right? Sinewy. It's sinewy. It's sinuous. Yeah, sinuous, sinewy an understated sound that'll leave hip-hop heads in revelry. Online Fuck hip-hop me. publication Hip Hop DX wrote that Daytona provides, quote, a They won't even put drop. the writer's name on this one. They just wrote the online hip-hop publication. It went sentient and started writing for itself. <laughs> yeah, the website wrote, a fitting backdrop for some of the most grim, relentlessly murderous raps Pusha has ever rhymed. 
also crediting West production and the album's runtime. Daytona was ranked as the 18th best release of the year in The Wire magazine's annual critics poll. Uprock cited the album as one of the best rap releases of 2018. Listen, I know about them. I saw their like end of the decade list. They're wild. Uh, Complex magazine named Daytona the number one album of the year. He was also named Best Rapper Alive in 2018 by Complex for his work on the album Daytona. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Slurp, slurp. Gluck, gluck. Uh, The album received a nomination for Best Rap Album at the 61st Annual Grammy Awards. Uh, In 2019, Pitchfork ranked Daytona at 188 on their list of the 200 best albums of the 2010s. Are you serious? Staff writer Alphonse Pierre wrote, Daytona is a full realization of Pusha as a star. For all the storylines and drama that surrounded Daytona, the music rises above. The album, however, may end up being best known for reigniting the long-standing rap beef between Drake and Pusha T with the song Infrared. <sighs> okay, so you wrote, to understand, you, you wrote this, right? It's part of the yeah, I, I okay. To understand infrared in context, it's best to do a quick overview of the Drake and Pusha T beef up until this point, which really is the Pusha Little T Wayne versus Little Wayne, Clips and beef. as an extension, the rest of Young Money. Yeah. So, all right. And I, uh, I will, I will fill in some of the blanks here because there's some things that are not mentioned, and they may be relevant to what comes on later. So right. I will interject. However, okay. I'll let you take control here because there's some lyrics that you need to quote that uh, I'm not allowed to quote. Okay, word, right. It's responsible. All right, uh, in 2006, Clips versus Lil Wayne. All right, uh, Pusha has feuded with Lil Wayne since 2002, but the first public disc came on the track Mr. Me Too. At the time, Pusha was still performing with Clips, a group composed of himself and his brother, no malice who just went by malice at the time right yeah um the duo were wearing lots of bape clothing at the time and when wayne dressed in bape attire on the front cover of vibe magazine they claimed the rapper copied their style on mr me too featuring pharrell they rapped want to know the time better clock us niggas bite the style from the shoes to the watches wayne responded during an interview with complex later that year telling the publication he's talking to the best Talking to me like you talking to the or talk to me like you talking to the best. I don't see no fucking clips. Come on, man. Okay, so let me fill in. Let me fill in the blanks between 2006 and 2011, because okay, there's no chronology that's going to be absolutely thorough unless we interject the minutia in between. Okay, so on we got it for cheap volume three. The third and final We Got It For Cheap mixtape, The Clips and The Re-Up Gang. Mm-hmm. On the intro to that project, well, not the intro, but this track two, the first song on the project. Okay. Pusha T says, don't make me turn daddy's little girl to orphan. That would mean I'd have to kill baby like abortion. That bar is going to play into when we get into the album later. Right. So that must be said. Okay. Now, continue. All right. Uh, 2011. 
Pusher releases Don't Fuck With Me. Um, how does Lil Wayne and Pusha T fighting over who uh, wore bait first relate to Drake? The, uh, that Wayne beef was ultimately a little deeper than a fight over a clothing brand. The pair sparring with each other over the years on various tracks. So, when Drake joined Wayne's label Young Money Entertainment, the rapper became fair game for Pusha, who first went after Drake on the track Don't Fuck With Me, a song that samples Drake's own Dreams Money Can Buy, which itself samples Jai Paul. Uh, rappers on their sophomores, acting like they boss lords. Fame's such a funny thing for sure, when niggas start believing all them encores, Pusha rapped, alluding to Drake, who released his second album, Take Care, later that year. Unimpressed by the track, Wayne wrote on Twitter, fuck Pusha T and anybody that love him. <laughs> I remember that tweet. Um, we should also mention that that song Ghoulish, Ghoulish. came out. Yes, yeah. Ghoulish, a song which leaked in 2010 or 2011. No, that was 2012, right? No, I think it was. I'm yeah, pretty sure it was. I think you're right. It was 2012 because... Yeah. He tweeted that before he said that right on a record then the record came out which was produced by swizz beats which was never officially released it's kind of a uh, internet leak and he yeah. leads off by saying fuck push a t and every, anybody that love him his head up his ass i'm gonna have to head butt him got uh, him little toonchy shit weak stomach it's not the best diss song but it's funny it's irreverent um also in 2011, which I, this has been wiped from the internet, so this is a this is a Mules's memory exclusive. I mean, I got this thing on my laptop. Not yeah. this ghoulish, something else. Oh, I have ghoulish. In um, 2011, Drake sat down with Elliot Wilson of Rap Radar as Elliot Wilson was doing this conversation series. Um, wait, was this was, 2011? Didn't they do that in like 2013? No, they, it was like around they, nothing was the same. They did, but they did an earlier one as well. Oh, it was at 92 oh. Y Tribeca in New York City. Okay. And Drake, this is where Drake said uh, in response to the Don't Fuck With Me song, it's a difficult time right now for a lot of people. <laughs> fair. It's fair. Is that, is that a lie? No, but it's the best. It's like the best. I think it's like the most cutting thing he's ever said. <laughs> it's a and it's been wiped right now. It's been wiped from the internet. But they ask him about the Pusha T stuff because another thing that's not mentioned here is that Exodus song from the Good Music album, or at least it was originally slated to be on the Good Music album. They released a video for it. Yeah, it was on the track listing. And then when the album came out, it was mysteriously absent from the track listing. Do you want to talk about Exodus a little bit? That was the one where he's like talking about uh, was it like ghosts and like you signed the one person who signed. Yeah, and person. it's the ha 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 ha. Yeah. With the dream on the hook. Yeah. Let me see. I got the lyrics pulled up here. Um. Yeah, contract all. I'll just listen. I'm a grown man. Pusha T said, contract all fucked up. I guess that means you all fucked up. You signed to one nigga that signed to another nigga that signed to three niggas. Now that's bad luck. Damn, that shit even the odds now. You better off selling this hard now. You call it living out your dreams. You can't fly without wings. 
Hey, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, Drake is slowly but steadily climbing and becoming the biggest rapper in the world. Yes. 2013. Okay. Uh, 2013. <laughs> Drake fires back. Uh, the following year, after Pusha took another pot shot at Lil Wayne on the track Your Favorite Rapper, Drake decided to stand up for himself and his mentor, rapping Bench Players Talking Like Starters, I Hate It, on the track Tuscan Weather from the album Nothing Was the Same. Was that confirmed to be about Pusha T? No. Okay, well, might as well have been. I mean, like, you know, yeah. Uh, Drake also rapped, I'm just as famous as my mentor, but that's still the boss. Don't get sent for. Get hype on tracks and jump in front of a bullet you wasn't meant for. Um, yeah. Things are quiet for a little while. Yeah, they were quiet. Uh, then we we see here 2016, so three years later, Pusher releases HGTV. Uh, HGTV featuring the hardest hitting verses from Pusha at that time, referencing Drake's first album, So Far Gone, and questioning his reported use of ghostwriters, a topic that has been widely mentioned by those who take issue with Drake. Pusha rapped. Ugh. I'm just I'm already tired of these people, these adults, these grown men, not just settling their differences. Uh, Pusha rapped. It's too far gone when the realist ain't real. I walk amongst the clouds. So your ceilings ain't real. These niggas call of duty because their killings ain't real with a questionable pen. So the feeling ain't real. Uh, No, no ceilings reference there, along with the so far gone, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, flip. I barely so, remember this song. I like I almost remember the artwork more than the song. Yeah, same actually. Um it was like a video for this too, right? Yep. Yeah. Um which the artwork is basically like is the video. Yeah. Uh 2017. You're Drake right, you sound like you're doing that uh, cocaine now, right now. Well, There's listen, I sniffle. have to. I got to wake myself up cuz I don't like yeah, the tired of Mr. Sniffles, right? Mr. Sniffles, push your teeth. Yeah, listen, sure. I mean, but I got to snort this because, you know, I'm just reading about this drama between these people over, you know, clothes, essentially. It's like, come on, bro. Anyone can buy bait, you know? Anyway, 2017, Drake responds with two birds, one stone. Uh, Drake responded on the More Life track, two birds, one stone. That actually ended up as a single, right? It wasn't on the... It was when it was released, it had the original More Life artwork. Yes, and it was meant for More Life, but I believe that. And um, there was another record that he did sneak in with 21 Savage, which was also released yeah. at the same time. Neither made it on. It More was Life. four records. It was it was uh, Two Birds, One Stone, Sneak In, Fake Love, and wasn't right. it that Dave remix, I feel like? Maybe? Yeah. I think. Or it was something else, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Calling out Pusha for talking about drug dealing in songs. But really, it's you with all these drug dealer stories. It's got to stop, though. You made a couple chops, and now you think you chopo. You middleman in this shit. Boy, you was never them guys. I can tell because I look most of you dead in your eyes, and you'll be trying to sell that story for the rest of your lives. Yeah. Okay. 2018, all hell breaks loose. 
Push the release Daytona to critical acclaim, and although just seven tracks long, the rapper manages another dig at his long-standing rival. On the track Infrared, Pusha compares the way Drake became popular to the way Donald Trump became president, pointing out how both allegedly used external measures. Drake uses a ghostwriter named Quentin Miller, while Trump has alleged ties to Russia under investigation. Yeah, totally the same thing. <laughs> Speaking to Rob Markman on For the Record, Pusha Hit states, I feel like everybody, or no, I feel like Everybody felt the two birds, one stone, you know, that was Pusha T, Cuddy aimed, so on and so forth. He said, I can't have an argument about how real I am. Let's not do that. If it's rap, let's let it be that. I mean, I'm just speaking my truth on this. I don't think it's anything disputable. Appearing on Ebro in the morning with Peter Rosenberg and Laura Stiles, Pusha went deeper, saying, I feel like the Drake thing more recently was about the two birds, one stone record. A lot of talk about the record or whatever the case may be. Push said at around the 255 mark in the video above. We, I mean, you can't see the video above, but I guess just speaking his truth, questioning my my validity to the streets and so on and so forth within that verse. It's fine. That's what it was. But if we're going to question things, it's my turn to question. Ebro went on to ask Push if his issue with Drake was, quote, Real street beef or simply, quote, rappers doing rapper shit? Good question. Yeah, for sure. In response to Two Birds, One Stone, I feel like he was doing his rapper thing. It's infrared time, so I'm going to do my rapper thing, Push explained. Okay, so we're going to keep it on wax. And really, according to him, it's, it's just it's confining it within the realm of raps. Sure. So no rules, right? We'll get there. All right. So we're at the track list finally. We've given you a background. I hope a sufficient background about the album Daytona. I think a very sufficient, uh, all-encompassing background on it. What do we know about it? Good work. It's, it's, uh, we got the, we cover the Whitney Houston um, controversy. We covered the Drake beef, which both of these two things are definitely controversial, help fuel the, promotion and discussion around this album we discussed the making of the album the meaning behind the album title we discussed kanye kind of um dirty macking Pusha T away from pharrell to do this shame real shame you know it's not like Pusha T and pharrell have any track record together right they never made any classics yeah, it's no, not it's like, good. you know. No, yeah. Kanye West can do it better. He said it himself. So we covered the Daytona, this thing, seven tracks, as they keep mentioning. Um, track one, if you know, you know. Track two, the games we play. Track three, hard piano featuring Rick Ross. Track four, come back, baby. Track five, Santeria. Track six, what would Meek do featuring Kanye West? And track seven, Infrared. You want a sample snitch? Absolutely. All right, here we go. If You Know You Know contains a sample of the recording 12 o'clock satanial? Is that a a word? Is this like related to Satan? What is this? Uh, 12 o'clock satanial. Satanial. Is that a word? Listen. Bro, I I don't know. You know know what it is. It's me, (laughs) bitches. 
uh, well, when I type Satanial, the sample pops up four times. So they made this word up. Okay. I don't like it. Uh, performed by Air and written by Al Gwilet, Gwilet and Richard Nisbet. The Games We Play contains a sample of Heart and Soul written and performed by Booker T. Ah, Can uh, you dig it, sucker? Can you flip it? Sampler. Yeah. Uh, Booker T. Averhart and an interpolation of politics as usual written by Cynthia Biggs, Sean Carter, Dexter Wanzel, and David Anthony Willis and performed by Jay-Z. I love the name butchering that we do on this show. It's it's Russo-esque, I have to say. Gotta love it. Uh, Comeback Baby contains samples of The Truth Shall Make You Free written and performed by the mighty Hannibal. Hannibal Burris? Hannibal uh, and samples of I Can't Do Without You, written and performed by George Jackson. Santaria contains a sample of Bumpy's Lament. I love any song that's like such and such as Lament. I just that is such like a funny trope to me. Uh written by Isaac Hayes and performed by Soul Man and the Brothers. The Lament is actually like on a lot of, especially like the black exploitation film soundtracks of the seventies, you would uh-huh. get a lot of laments. Cool, because they were like cues, right? Like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. right. Um, so what would Meek do? Contains a sample of the Yes recording, "Heart of the Sunrise," written by John Anderson, Christopher Squire, and William Brifford, and performed by Yes. Infrared contains a sample of the recording I Want to Make Up, written by Robert Manchurian and performed by 24 Karat Black, and an interpolation of The Prelude, written by Sean Carter and Mark James and performed by Jay-Z. It's that intro to Kingdom Come. Your beats did it. Your lyrics didn't. Well, we're about to, uh, you know, do some evaluating of that nature for ourselves here. All right, Mel. So before we get into our first song here on the review, is this your first time hearing Daytona? Actually, yes. Uh, I put it. Here's the deal, man. You know, it came out last year and I was excited about it because I like Pusha T. And I wasn't excited by everything Kanye was doing last year. But it's like, it's Pusha T. You know, I'm probably going to like it. Um, I was actually in Florida when it came out. My friends can vouch for this. I was at my friend Cameron's house, better known as Van Buren. The night it came out, I uh, downloaded it illegally. And I was going to listen. I was going to play it out loud for all of us because we're all, you know, we all like Pusha T. Um, but we were all kind of agreeing. We weren't really in the mood. And so I didn't listen to it yet. I was going to listen to it on the plane ride back to Illinois um, from Florida. But what ended up happening as I was out there was the album came out, which, of course, had infrared. And, of course, Drake responded. And then it kind of turned into this thing. And I just never got around to it after that because, admittedly, I had to I had to pick a side. I had to pick a side. I didn't have Why to. Why did you have to pick to. a side? Chose to pick a side because it was either the guy who was minding his business and still being attacked by 
so-called rap purists, but, you know, people who really just come across as envious versus the underling slash CEO of a MAGA hat wearing uh, disgraced artist. But I guess what I'm asking is why have to be with either? You don't. You don't have to be with. I chose. I didn't have to do anything. I chose. So you chose a side to ride with and you stayed loyal. I chose the side. I had to put my pride aside and ride for Drake. So, yeah. So I never actually got around to listening to it because, listen, everything would have been fine had Infrared just come out and Drake not responded. And we'll well, get so you still would have listened to the album, even if there was a Drake disc on it. But yeah. it was more so the uh, it got the out of hand from that point. From that the point explosion that, that happened after turned. It put I didn't you off mind infrared. I was to still it. gonna listen. I, I read, okay. you know, the album dropped. People were talking, "Oh, infrared, this isn't Quentin." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, that's to be expected." They've been kind of like trading barbs for years now, as we discussed in part one. It's like that's not really gonna deter me from listening to this rapper that I enjoy. Push and see. But then it exploded and it got out of hand. So So for me, I did listen to this album about three times when it came out. Three or four times when it first came out. First Mm -hmm. week or two it was out. I listened to it a few times just to, you know, get a rating back then. Mm -hmm. Now, a little bit about me. I haven't listened to this album since. Just full disclosure. I listened to it those first three or four times and haven't listened to it since until today. Um, huge beyond like I'm a Drake level clips fan. Okay. I would have wanted to own a Pusha T sign Mike at one what? point in time. Um, we got it for cheap. Volume two is my favorite mixtape of all time. Okay. Hell Hath No Fury is a classic. Lord okay. Willen is damn good as far as it's different than Hell Hath No Fury. There's like singles on it. It feels like more of a complete rap album, whereas Hell Hath No Fury feels like honing in on an energy that they were like that was going on at the moment for them, you know? So really first two albums are great. Wasn't so much a fan of God of Her Cheat Volume 3 as much as the first two volumes wasn't really a big fan of the till the casket drops. I kind of preferred when it was just the Neptunes and to be quite honest with you, man, and to the listeners as well, I haven't been all the way sold on Pusha T as a solo artist yet. And we're going on what? 10 years now of Pusha T as a solo artist. Damn near in nine years, 10 years and Pusha T for me, has always had like maybe two or three songs per project that felt like, you know, he's locked in and this is the Pusha T that I know, like clicking on the level that I know he can. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, numbers on the boards, lunch money, these records come to mind. There's something about the production that's unique, it's off kilter. You know, it's um, caught. It caught my attention, but as a solo artist, I'm not the biggest fan of this guy, which is crazy because going back to 
you know, like 04, 05, 06, 07. I knew all the words to these songs. I thought that this dude was like in the top five best rappers alive. You know, just on rapping at a very high level, especially on those mixtapes, God of Cheap 1 and 2, like really going out and every verse, really just going out to kill it, being competitive with your own group members, being competitive with the rest of rap. I mean, at this time, Wayne and the clips and the re-up gang, like that's it. Like they're killing it, you know? Okay. So, yeah, I didn't take a side back then. Wayne, the clips, I liked them both, like, equally, honestly. I was a super fan of both of them. I'll say, though, as a solo artist, I'm not a, the biggest fan of Pusha T. I don't even know if at this point in time there are 10 solo Pusha T songs that I could put up against any 10 clip songs and say that it's as good. Okay. So today was my first time hearing this album in uh, over a year. And, you know, this a few days ago was my first time hearing the album at all because I put it off. I was and supposed now, to hear it the day it dropped and it ended up me not hearing it until now. So there's two things I want to get into before we get into this review, if you don't mind. Okay. okay? I want to talk firstly about comparing work. And it's what I was just talking about with like, you know, seeing as high highs as this man has achieved. Is it fair, in your opinion, a fair comparison to compare a rapper to their own work? If we're talking, you know, if we're comparing in terms of what we feel they're capable of, if they're operating in the same lane, like for instance, it wouldn't really make sense to compare like 808s to college dropout because he's doing two different things. Agreed. But if we're talking like Pusha T is rapping, he's always been a rapper. He raps. So yes. I feel like it's fair to, to if you don't like something newer and be like, it's not measuring up. It's not even a situation where it's like, Jay-Z, oh, you don't like my new, you want my old shit, buy my old albums. It's not like that. It's like, if I know you're capable of such heights, that's the new standard. That's where the bar has been set. So now anything below that is going to be below that. You know, you're a victim of your own potential at that point. You know, or I mean, you don't have to look at yourself as a victim. It should be an honor. And you should always well, be yeah, striving to continue to I'd raise say, the bar or at least meet that bar every time. I can't compare. So I think it's fair. I can't compare Pusha T to Lil Wayne or to Drake. That's not a fair comparison. They're different people. But we're comparing them to themselves. That's what must be done. How good right. How good have you been? How good can you possibly be? And are you matching that or surpassing that? I And you know? to that point, it's the same thing where like Nas is haunted by Illmatic. Hey, listen, uh -huh. he's not a victim. Illmatic's considered the best rap album ever made. He's lucky. Right. You know, in that sense, he's lucky. Some would say it's a curse because anything he's going to do that's not this album from 1994 Will, is going yeah. to be compared to this album from 1994. But the thing is, you're the same guy. Yeah. If I'm going to compare, if I really think that that's the best thing he's ever done, which to be fair, like Illmatic to me is great, but 
you know, I, I think plenty of other Nas music is great as well. I don't just keep right. it at Illmatic because I think that there are moments later in his catalog where he's hitting those same highs. I think it's fair, though, to say, look at Nasir. We just talked about it. I could say, yo, Nas is off a step even from Life is Good. Right. I can compare these things. These are Nas rap albums. So I just wanted to talk about comparing work because I've been told before, don't compare it, judge it on its own merits. And you know, I try to, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a deflection. Like that doesn't make sense. Like logically, like, what do you mean on its own, on its own merit? I I mean, mean, I know someone is capable of more. If you've heard them be better, then what do you like? You know, it's not as good as they've been. Like, what are you supposed to pretend that that's not the case? Like, it's one thing to say, you know, like, I guess, listen to an album, you know, in context of the year it's in or like, you know, whatever is going on in that artist's life. But, you know, what do you mean on its own merit? Its merit is only as good as they've ever been. You know, like it, it just. I don't know that. that I think that's the in terms of, of that, like as far who, as that goes, I can say this. If I'm judging it on its own merits, its merits are potentially, if I don't like it, then I have to ask myself, why don't I like it? Well, I know this person's capable of more. It's like when LeBron has a bad game, right? LeBron is pretty much universally recognized. I mean, Jesus Christ, people call the guy king, you know? So if he's king, James then I expect him to play as the best NBA player in the league. Yeah. When I see he has a bad game, what do you want me to say? Well, you know, within the con- – I mean, if you never saw this guy before in your life and you saw him, you'd think he was good still. No, I'd think that he had a bad game. I'd be like that guy who's slightly balding but still very handsome and uh, a great player is not that good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I get what you're getting at, and I agree. And that plays into my next thing that I want to discuss before we go track by track. Okay. I I want to talk about baggage. Baggage? Yeah, the baggage that you go into an album with as someone who's criticizing an album. Right. Who's trying to assess the value of a work. Right. Is there such thing as objective criticism when you go into this music are you trying to objectively assess the work's quality or are you bringing in baggage and i'd like to just get your take you'll always bring in baggage it's inevitable if you're human the 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 mark of i i would say the mark of a good reviewer is to know what your baggages are and don't allow them to interfere with what you're hearing as much as you possibly can here's the thing i don't have a problem knowing that like I prefer one artist to another. In this case, Drake to Pusha T. I prefer Drake. But that that has nothing to do with what I'm about to listen to. Like I have to leave that at the door. You know, it's just and I am I am confident in my ability to do that. I'm responsible because I respect my job, which is right. in this case criticizing music on air. Even when I was off air, I just I don't want to cheat myself. I don't lie to myself. That's that's what enables me to to rate things, I guess, 
objectively, if you can or believe as, that this as can be objectively objective. as possible. Right. Because so, I don't, I give credit when it's due to me. Like, I just, I'm not going to screw someone over because it's the same way I can go into a Megan Thee Stallion album and, and find, yo, this person who I was assumptive about and thought I would hate actually walked away with nine out of 12 tracks that I like. This is one of my favorite rap releases of the year, you know? And I went in there expecting to hate it. I had a bad taste in my mouth about this person. And right, but I'm here's able the thing. How many times like, do you go into great. an album where you've already been familiar with that artist's catalog? You know you don't like them. Maybe you don't like the way that they behave, the things that they say online, whatever have you, but you're acquainted with them. Megan the Stallion or even Post Malone are not good examples to me because you didn't you were just you were closing yourself off to this stuff without even bothering to really listen to it in the first right, because place. I because I knew I wasn't in the mood to do that. I waited until right. I was ready to sit down and be objective. You know. Now, uh, so the question is when it's someone, someone who you're if you're very familiar with them, let's say like Chance the Rapper, you hated the big day, right? Yeah. Are you going to go into the next Chance album looking to like are you hoping to like it or does the persona rub you the wrong it, way? This is the thing. No matter how it rubs me, I never want to hear something bad. Why would I want that? Why would I want to waste my time? You know, I never want something to be bad just so I can walk away like, see, they suck. I told you. I want to hear something good. I want more songs to listen to. Okay. I, I agree with you there. If, if I'm going in and I'm thinking it's going to suck, I hope I want you to prove me wrong. I sincerely and, do. And this is, this is what I was going to say. I think the biggest enemy to, you know, the critic is having the idea in your head before you go in. It's yeah. having your mind made up about someone and not being flexible and being willing to be proven wrong. You know, if you're stuck in Bro. your ways and you have a particular <laughs> mindset about someone, it's it's not that's not criticism. You know, that's um, that's sort of like uh, you're you're just at that point, you're you're taking it. You're taking it personal and you're making it personal. Listen, a, a good example would be an artist who I pretty much hate. Kid Cudi. I think he sucks. And yet, there are many songs I can point to where I feel like he was an asset, if not the best aspect of the record. You know, right. this is an artist who I really do not like. And yet, when they do something well or contribute positively to a record, I will be the first one to say so. So you know? I, I ask these questions because I asked you prior to us doing this album, do you think that you can review this album fairly as... I don't want to call you a Drake stan, but as a, uh, let's just say like a, uh, a Drake enthusiast. Great, great, uh, great way to phrase that. Yes, I can. Because here's the thing. Maybe it would be more difficult for me if I wasn't familiar with Pusha T or if I didn't like Pusha T at all going into this, but I do like Pusha T as a rapper, you know? And, and the thing is, even if I didn't, I'm going into this, with the responsibility to music. Let me let me anything. be clear about something. Do you like Pusha T or do you like Clips? Do I like Clips? That's a great question. Because um, you keep saying you're a Pusha T fan. What does that mean exactly? I like the way he, I like, I like when he raps well, which these days isn't all that often. But, 
you know, I guess more Clips era Pusha T. So you're a Clips fan. I've liked, I probably liked more solo songs of his than you, but still, I don't think he has a great solo album. Okay. Just wanted to bring this stuff up because I think it's relevant to discussions going forward. And I don't think we need to go through this again. I think I just wanted to lay something like this out with an album like this in the preseason so we could get these two things out of the way. It's, which it's I feel always like going to are... come down to the audience, whether they want to believe that we've discarded our biases. That's up to them. I mean, I can't spend, you know, however many minutes convincing them, hey, guys, I'm fair. I'm going into this as clean slate as far as I'm concerned. Like, you can either believe me or don't. But I know how I treat people in, 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 in art, you know, like. I could want you to die and I'm still going to listen to your song and, and listen to find something good or bad. Like it just, I don't, I don't like cheating myself. I like to know how I feel about something, you know, my, but I won't to, allow to my fair, biases to get in the way of that. Individual sensibilities are what they are. They are what they For are. For instance, like a type if this of was like is a, thing. if this was like a noise record and it was just loud noises droning noise for seven songs. You might want to go into it saying, well, let's give noise music a chance. But at the end of the day, if your sensibilities aren't wired to accept something like that, I would, I would gonna, exit you, saying like, it turns out I don't really like noise music as I suspected, but I gave it a chance. Right. You know, like I, I recognize what I'm going into and I calibrate my mind as much as I can before pressing play. You know, just I think worth uh, discussing before we get into this. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, it's it's not really up to us. They're gonna they're gonna call us stands. They're gonna call us haters. They're gonna say whatever they want to say. So I'm not really concerned with them. I'm concerned with recording my honest thoughts and putting them out into the world. They can do what they want with them when they're out there. You know. Well, shit. I think it's time. To review Daytona. It's time. We're here now. So, uh, well, I mean, we already listened to it, but we got to do our, you know, customary break. So here we go. Uh, Here's our break. When we re- Say what? Here's our break. Oh, yeah. We're about to put it in here. When we return for part two of this review, we'll review the album. Uh, so uh, see you in like five seconds. Without further ado, why don't we get into those honest thoughts? Please, let's do. Uh, Track one on Daytona by Pusha T. If you know, you know. Uh, Six plus. Six minus. Um, Let me start here, because I think this is, I mean, someone else might feel differently, but this, this is how I feel about this record. To me, the centerpiece is the beat. I think the beat is pretty good. I think the baseline is dope. It's a little stagnant. It, it might not sound like it because it's like, you know, you got the sample and everything. It sounds busy. It sounds, you know, active, but like it just kind of loops. Um, I'm fine with the beat. I like the beat, um, but he wasn't, he wasn't snapping on here. And I could tell off the bat, okay, this is an album where, 
you are going to be playing into the perception of yourself. As we discussed in part one, when he talked to Entertainment Weekly and they're like, oh, you know, they're saying you're going to be rapping about Coke. And he's like, I absolutely am. But you're aware of how people look at you as Pusha T the rapper. So you're going to play this up. You are going to become a caricature of yourself and you're basing this whole album on your own mythology. Well, here's the thing. He's been doing this. Oh, for years now. This isn't a shift for him at all. It's Yeah, it's not. This isn't, I'm going to decide to become a caricature of myself on this album. He was a caricature of himself on Mercy. Good music. uh, Lamborghini Mercy. It's just, he's like, to me, he fully leaned into it on Daytona. Like, from the lead up to it, to it being out and and post-release. There's definitely more of a concentration of coke rap on here than, say, Darkest Before Dawn, which dabbles in some other subject matter for him in addition to the coke stuff. I felt like that one was, um, and I'm not saying this is a good thing, but it was more sonically adventurous. It was more uh, varied in subject matter and tone. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, I don't really care for the beat. Uh, it's 30 or 40 seconds of just the sample, which is like one of those kind of, uh, you know... Uh, Sounds ethnic. Reggae <laughs> dance hall, almost like Mercy, like one of those, yeah. you know, like <laughs> reggae <laughs> DJ <laughs> shout out. Uh, yeah snippet sample whatever's and um no drums Pusha T's rapping over just the sample and he's rapping throughout this song with a real start and stop type flow um I feel like he's lethargic on here and the overall point of the song is like if you know you know like some stuff that maybe only drug dealers really know about, like, yeah, it's like you know, the you know, summer console in your car and stuff. The real drug dealers. And like, you know, if you've really been in this life, if you know, you know, like, let me just say, uh, he made me hate this phrase last year. And here's my, here's the thing though. The phrase I would say is actually true in a lot of regards. Like it is something that you, like, if you know, you know, in some circles, some, whatever you're talking about, sometimes it's like that. If you know, you know, it's true. But the issue is most people think they know and they have no idea. And also the phrase itself is like kind of as vague as like all this vibe talk we, we've been hearing. It's just like the dusty version of like, it's a vibe. It's like, well, what does that mean exactly? Like, I see what you're saying, but like it in itself is ambiguous. Like if you know, you know, I get that that's the point, but it's like, <sighs> you know like and you're telling me i'm supposed to sit here unless i'm gonna do the stretching and apply this to some other aspect of my life if i'm talking like hey you know remember like the the format in Yu-Gi-Oh back in like oh whatever when everybody was running monarchs <laughs> if you know you know like you see how you don't care about what i just said <laughs> okay like i'm, a, I'm not a drug dealer that is but exactly exactly and i'm not a drug so like am i supposed make- to find it cool that like you're talking to your fellow drug and if y'all know, y'all know, I guess if I want to reach and make it applicable to my own life, but is that Here, great here's songwriting? The thing, I, maybe. And this is this is what I was saying about maybe not. The, the song feeling like lethargic, just the beat coming in and out and push it with this starting and stopping flow. It's just something, 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 pause, something, 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 something. Yeah. It's what is that, this? Come it's on, that man. I'm telling it's... ghost stories flow. 
Yeah, but you know, again, to compare him to the pusher that I know, it's all of the brashness and cockiness and delivery, but none of the actual technical, you know, like these aren't great bars. He, he was not snapping. He wasn't. He six wasn't minus. snapping. And I'm and I, six minus because really this beat is like not really even doing it for me. Sorry. Right. This is this is mid. This is what I talk about when I talk about mid. And you know I know mid. How many currency albums were on my end of the year list? Uh, 12,000. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Anything else to say about if you know, you know, or is it just if you know, you know? Well, there is one thing uh, I was going to bring up, but then I found out that it wasn't what I thought it was. So um, Look at that. I thought... I thought there was some anti-Semitism in this record. No, he says jewels. If you want to talk no, about Pusha T's... that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. He said, ran off on the plug too, like True Goy. Oh, no, True Goy, like, plug, plug too, from, like De La yeah, Soul. De La Soul, yeah. Listen, that's, actually a good, was, that's actually a good bar. I'll give him that. Sure. But... I just but thought, you know, in you classic know, rapper if you know, fashion. That's a if you know, you know type bar. It's like, all right, if you, you know, know, you, like, know. <laughs> you know, plug two, true so. boy, you know? Yeah. Nah, but if we want to discuss Pusha T's anti-Semitism, there's many other projects we could discuss where that's actually on display. And listen, this is this isn't a this isn't a witch hunt because we have the understanding that in hip hop, unfortunately, anti-Semitism just is 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 rampant. You know, it's just you could we could spend six hours talking about why that is and why it should stop. But anyway, not on uh, this yeah, album. I, I have, you're not on this album, no. Um, I'll just end with the beat, though. I, while I do like it, it's not enough to save the song from just Pusha T just being there. And the beat is very modern Kanye and how deceptive it is. Like it sounds interesting and like fresh and new and and, and novel, worldly, like and you know? eclectic and yeah, but like that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to be like, oh, what is this? You right, know? He's trying to subvert. He's trying to disarm. Come on, we know all about his tactics. We know your tricks, Kanye. All right, let's move on. Six we know plus about you and the and the Scientology Church. Stop trying to get us killed by them. I keep. They don't right, kill, right. dude. They, they threaten kill. and they, then I, they do I'm, fuck they all. They do they nothing. Kill. No, they, they kill. I've seen their building in Hollywood. That's a killing building. No, that is isn't. a scary looking it's building. It's a bullshit they, they building. They're, they're, they're going to be out of that building in 10 years. They can't afford that fucking building. Well, listen, I, if you know, you know. Uh, six minus for Mool, six plus for Mel. Let's move on to track two. All right, track two. The, the games, games we play. We play. Yep. Seven minus. Six plus again. Okay, now here's the thing. It was a seven minus when I first heard it. I listened to this album in headphones the other night, and then I listened to it like three more times front to back in the car. Um, here's the thing. This one, when I first heard the album, this was an, I, I took this away. But then this one actually fell off for me in my final rating of this album. Then, today, when we're re-listening, I actually decided this is the best rapping on the whole project. And it the is most, the best rapping on the whole project. The, the most reminiscent of the Pusha T that I know. That it I is like. the best rapping on the whole project. 
it's I wrote, just, uh, it's like a real Rizza esque beat with the guitar chops and the dusty horns. Uh, dig the beat. The raps are very vivid. He's talking about, you know, the dope boy, playboy kind of life. Uh, lots of references to classic rap and drug dealing. Closest rap wise that Pusha comes on this album to feeling like the old Push. Uh, Stay woke or get out is lazy writing. <laughs> uh, that got him oh, the minus. There's but the and line this is that what comes after, place. bro. The line that comes after, "Stay woke or get out" might be the fucking hardest shit on this album. What does he say? Uh, oh yeah, still pull them whips out, still spread the chips out. Might buy a bitch some new hips and yank her rib out. Come on, that's it's hard. It's rap, bro. That's rap. That's yeah. great. And uh, and uh, the seven minus was because. Stay woke or get out sucks. That's lazy writing. You should be ashamed of yourself. That is fucking garbage. And the song kind of just ends abruptly. It, there is there are great lines on here, which got it the six plus, and then there are the lazy things. This is his best rapping on the whole album, if you ask me. I mean, lines like play amongst the stars, like the roof and the wraith, get the table next to mine, make our bottle servers race. I think that's great. That's brash. That's That's rich talk. Um, you know, and baby mama wishes along with the side bitches, they try to coexist, end up wishing you die, bitches, you know, um, and just his voice, he uh, sounds like really locked in. This is like his best performance on the album as well. If you ask me, this ain't for the conscious. This is for the mud made monsters, you know, like there's some, there's some great lines in here. But then he'll say something like, which I, I singled out because I'm like, what exactly is being said here? Um, they say, uh, he said, they tweet about the length I made him wait. What the fuck you expect when a nigga got a cape and he's great? Yeah, I'm not going to defend that line. Are you talking about superheroes? Because here's the thing, Superman doesn't make people wait. He swoops in and saves the day as soon as he hears his trouble. So what are you talking about when he's got a cape and he's great? Is this a different kind of cape? Dude, Hold on, here's the thing. I'm on Genius right now. He annotated this. He did? Yeah, let me read this. He says, they sit around and they tweet all day. Big, grown, weird men. Old, weird, weird, funny, weird men. <laughs> Old and weird tweeting about where's my album. Oh, this is great. Old and weird tweeting about where's my album. Where's this? I mean, tweeting, commenting. It's so weird. It's like, man, my album is titled Daytona. I changed it from King Push because King Push was just a moniker that I came up with. And I felt like that's what it should be. But no, Daytona really speaks to the luxury of time and being oh able to God. have he the luxury He just repeats of time. himself over and over again. Is he reading off a script? <sighs> yeah, he's reading. With the uh, luxury the of time and all the other shit. Yeah, he's like... Not every artist can take two years, three years, or you can sit back and you do a whole album and you're happy with it. You love it. Then Kanye West says, hey, I want to produce it all. And then you have the luxury to be like, you know what? Let's go do that. Let's knock it out. And then we do it and we take our time and we really craft something that we're so impressed by when we're done with it. How did you take your time? You ended up taking less time than the two or three years you spent making the original version of the album. Yeah, what are you talking about? All right. It's about breaking rules. This is rule breaking rap. It's like everybody doing 20 songs. No, we're giving you seven. We don't want to give you 20 songs. We don't like that because it's 20 of trash. All right. Well, listen, let's talk you can about do that seven right of now. Trash too. 
but let's, we'll get let's into Let's talk this. about that right now. Seven tracks. I'm just going to say it right now as two guys that consistently working together, making music, put out nine track albums. Seven tracks feels uh, insubstantial. It feels maybe one or two tracks short of the album experience. When it's over, I'm like, wait a second. There's supposed to be one or two more songs here. Listen, Thrower was nine tracks. You know, it just that feels like the minimum. Anything less, I'm looking at it like an EP. Of course, you got to factor in duration, too. Like you've been saying, like jazz albums, you know, could be like four or five tracks, but end up being like 50 minutes. You know, that's an album. But, you know, it's just anyway, I only read this because I was hoping he would explain what he means by this got a cape and he's great. But like, it doesn't make sense. No, he's just reading off of the teleprompter about the luxury of time and taste level and all this other shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it was close. That I was close and, to and liking I gave this it. a seven minus. I'm giving him points on this one. Like, and I'll talk about the other one I like on here as well. Um, but this one, like lyrically there, there's one on here that I feel like has, the clear far and away best beat on the whole project. But this one, I got to give him points for, you know, uh, evoking Pusha T on here. Yeah. And not I feel the, like if uh, he had kept that up for the whole track for me, it would have been a seven. Well, yeah, for me too, but it's a seven minus for me. Okay. Instead of a straight seven, there's a couple, like I said, corny lines on here that feel like lazy rushed writing, but for the most part, he sounds great on the whole thing. He's cutting through on the beat. He just, you know, he, if you like Pusha T, this is going to be the closest thing on here to I agree. classic push to me. I feel you because I initially gave it a seven minus. And I, so I can understand why you would give it a seven minus. Yeah. Not mad at okay. this record. Um, yeah. So seven minus from you, six plus from me. Uh, hard piano, track three. Featuring yeah, hard Rick piano Ross. featuring Rick Ross. Uh, I gave this a five. I gave it a six minus plus. Uh, I'll be quick. The plus is for the beat. I kind of I like the beat. I like the okay. chops in the beat during the verse. I like the beat. I do like the beat. I feel like Pusha T completely dropped the ball lyrically. I, I actually oh, hate you don't the like beat, the beat. I'll, I'll okay. talk to you. About I like the it beat after you're done. Um, I feel like Pusha T dropped the ball lyrically. I just want to address this just off off the top of my head or you know, to, to start this breakdown rather. Um, he starts the song with this, with this line. Um, let me see. He says, uh, never trust a bitch who finds love in a camera. She will fuck you. Then turn around and fuck a janitor. I guess he's a camera janitor, but then it's like, what is this janitor line about? What, what do you, what's wrong with like, I'm not even, I'm really not trying to be like, you know, don't janitor shame. It's not even about that. It's just like, why are you, why are you dumping on janitors? And that how does that no make rules, sense? Bro. Like, does the, does the janitor have a camera? I'm not, I'm not following. Cause like initially it's like, okay, don't trust a girl who like is in, you know, in it for the fame, like in trying to be in front of the camera. But like, so turn around and F a janitor. I mean, janitors are glitzy janitor? people. Yeah, like, They're not the traditionally glitzy. Like, are, are you saying like, what if the janitor was, it doesn't like, I don't know. Maybe it went over my head. I don't know, but this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. 
and and I don't think janitors uh, deserve this. Um, and then he 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 just buries himself from the start the start of this. He continues shortly after. Um, set the parameters. You either with the pro ballers or the amateurs. I won't let you ruin my dreams or Harvey Weinstein, the kid. Good morning, Matt Lauer. Can I live? You're caping for Harvey Weinstein and Matt Lauer? Really? He's not caping for them. Uh, uh, is he? Is he not? You're tripping, bro. This is how this am I is... tripping? No, listen. The connotation is like I, he says as if, as if I won't let you unjustly bring me down. They did things. You know, when you yeah, say I won't let you no, Harvey he's Weinstein. He's not saying unjustly bring me down. He's just saying I'm not going to let you Harvey Weinstein. He's, it's from the first bar. It's about the chick who's hungry for fame. So he's implying that these girls were hungry for fame and not preyed upon. No, he's saying that you're going to do me like they got they that those guys got done. I don't think he's saying, yo, except yo, you won't Harvey they did Weinstein. Harvey, yo, they this did is, Harvey Weinstein wrong. No, I don't I'm think not, that's what he's I'm trying not, to say. I'm not buying it. I think so. You think he's you think he's caping for Harvey Weinstein? Listen, he runs around with Kanye, who said uh, freaking uh, something recently. I think it was on Yay. He or says something. a lot of shit. Who gives a exactly. shit? Exactly. And this, God, you are God. the company you keep. All right. I think he thinks it's unjust what's happening to these men. <laughs> to, to Harvey Weinstein and Matt Lauer. Listen, it sounded dumb to me too, but I think Pusha T doesn't understand the Me Too movement. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. He may not understand it, but I don't think he's I don't think he's caping for them in any in any sense. I think he is. He may have a misunderstanding about the movement and what it is and what these people may or may not have done, but I don't think it that... comes off to me like he thinks that they were like unjustly persecuted. And he's like, man, don't do me like that. Can I live? I don't think so. I think it's the same thing as like on the Yay album. Kanye said something about like, you know, Russell Simmons, like, uh, yeah, that's what Russell I'm Simmons to. said. He's going to pray for me, too. I'm going to pray for him because he got me, too. Right. If you got me, too, you did something wrong. What are you praying for the boy for? You That's know, what I'm talking about. I don't, bro. I'm not going to get into why we don't have to get into people. it. We just need to acknowledge that Pusha T is full of crap and perhaps doesn't. I don't understand think he's caping for the, Harvey Weinstein. If he and if he was, he I think we would have heard more about it. I think he is. <laughs> I think but, uh, we, more people would have made us stink about it. Listen, he already lost me at the janitor part, and he completely lost me here. So, stupid verse from him. Uh. The chorus, the chorus sucks. Bad hook. Oh my god! Let me, let me, let me just, let me just say. That's uh, out of Tingo. I'm back from Santo Domingo. Like it. This is the uh, first of two what I call schmaltzy neo Latino hooks. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, uh, listen, uh, the beat. I hate the beat. It's this piano with uh, hi hats. It's very solemn and somber sounding. I write, uh, this must be the high taste level I've heard so much about. Uh, there's only one line on the Pusha T verse I like where he says, your rappers found every way to ruin Pateks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the feel of this record, and Pusha is delivering a boilerplate Pusha T verse. Schmaltzy neo-Latino hook, talking about I'm in Santo Domingo. I man. Rick Ross up next. His vocals sound a bit hot. 
versus mailed in, not unlike Pusha T's five. I don't think this I is think, record has any, I think hardly Ross anything like, going for it. Ross didn't take off or anything, but he Pusha T didn't really make it hard to top him. So like, I don't think I either top got him. I, I think, think Ross got him. If you ask got, me, like, even though it wasn't like get, really a god. How do you how do you just, get someone when you're delivering? Less God and more didn't fall on his face. I'll say that. Okay, fair enough. But I think, number one, you misinterpreted Pusha T's bars. I don't think I did at all. I'd given, love for him to weigh in on it. Can, given did, did how he, most men talk about that? these situations, given did how the company it? he keeps talk about these situations, did he annotate it? Let's see. No, he didn't. I think you're being assumptive. Genius, which is notoriously incorrect. Their interpretation is both Harvey Weinstein and Matt Lauer were accused of sexual misconduct during the Me Too movement, with both of them accused of taking advantage of people who worked for them. Push is saying he won't let any industry bigwigs try to fuck him over or take advantage of him. Huh? I don't think that's what he's saying. I don't think so either. I think they're misreading it as well. I well, listen, they, they're I, known I, for that. Can I mean, that's a way to look right at now? it. I'm not saying they like were reaching. I feel like that is a way right to now interpret. Weigh in and tell us what you think he's saying. Yeah, you want to read the line one more time from the top? From the top, not of the really. Verse? I don't. Read it one more time. <laughs> Hit me, baby. It's on genius, time. man. It's Hit me, baby. Look it up. Hit me, baby. All right, fine. Here, it's never trust. Oh no, no, that's the very beginning. It's a. Uh, no, let's get we you know, look, you're trying to remove the context. Fake news Mel over here. Let's get the look, whole fine. thing. Fine, I'll start from the beginning. Never trust a bitch who finds love in a camera. She will fuck you, then turn around and fuck a janitor. Set the parameters. You're either with the pro ballers or the amateurs. I won't let you ruin my dreams or Harvey Weinstein the kid. Good morning, Matt Lauer. Can I live? Okay. What do you guys think that's about? What do you think he's saying? You think he's, he's saying told the boy good morning? Come on. I mean, I know he's on the show. He's, he's like, good morning, morning America. America right? Yeah, bro. I know, Come but on, still, like, dense. good morning, that's a that's a pleasant greeting. I'm not saying good morning, this oh, man. I'm probably God. not going to acknowledge him at all. He, Yeah, but here's the thing. He may be saying, like, good morning, like, hey, fuck you. Like, it may be, like, uh, like kind of sinister, like, good morning. <sighs> this man is, a, is, according to him, a notorious drug dealer. Okay? So I got to assume his morals are askew. I don't okay, think he's Okay, so here's the thing. So you're people. saying, so you're saying in character... The kayfabe Pusha T. No, according to him, it's not a character. The actions of, but we know according he is to him, a this is real. But we know <laughs> he is a character. a character. Yeah, because what wrestler? Well, here's the thing: what wrestler would tell you is fake? What would Undertaker tell you? Yo, I'm not dead. I'm alive. I'm not. Well, the all dead you man. fool boys out here laughing at Drake for saying he character. doesn't listen to people he doesn't believe. You know, this is your chance to interject. And talk about well, that's how a, really first of all, that's a stupid. That's a stupid statement. Yeah, it was is, stupid. It was a stupid statement because that he, made. he does listen to rappers that, that he does songs with Rick Ross. He, Rick Ross yeah, is I mean, if he the god of people, then he's extremely naive. But what I'm saying is, we need to look at the character of Pusha T. This like drug lord, like this evil, you know, like twisted, like kind of like a villain, right? I Maybe prefer he my would, villains. Like, you know, maybe he not, would be uh, with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, I would maybe he would rep for them. And here's the thing: is that good character work? Is that good heel heat? So he's a rape apologist, or a, you know, assault. Yeah, and you're supposed to. You're not supposed to like this person. It's like Martin Scorsese, The Wolf of Wall Street, bro. It's a cautionary tale. Listen. 
Listen, I'm asking, Pusha what do you guys think? Jordan Belfort, it, it just, look, the song is a six minus plus, so. I think it's a five. I think the song absolutely, possibly. <laughs> Listen, I like is, the thing more than you do, but we both don't like it, so. Yeah, so you give a six minus plus to a song that's potentially a rape apologist anthem. Because Rick Ross is on it and the beat is good. And I like Ross. It's if the mark. song was Ross and someone else, and you remove the stupid hook, the you're song a mark, would be, bro. You're a fucking mark. I'm a mark for who in this case? Rick Ross. I'm not. You're a Rick Ross mark. I'm definitely Confirm. not a Rick Ross mark. Absolutely. If I was a Rick Ross mark, I would have been okay with him stealing Groundhog Day from Wale and and just rapping about well, nonsense. Well, Wale is a close personal friend of ours. I think that's a, a, a <laughs> oh, special instance. with this gimmick. <sighs> What? Okay, listen. Let's let's move on from this uh, hard piano. Uh, you give it a five. This is a hard a piano. Any, all pianos are hard. What is a soft piano? <laughs> what the hell? <sighs> all right. Let's move on. Track four. Uh, Come back, baby. Seven minus. Six minus. Wow. I don't have much to say about this. I think the beat is dumb. It doesn't actually. Oh, bang, you think the beat is dumb? I think this I think is the best dumb. beat. No, it doesn't actually. I see what it's. I hear what it's supposed to be doing, but it doesn't actually bang. And you know why? Because modern Kanye mixing is done in like one hour. Well, with like Mike by Mike Dean with a blunt in one hand and a blunt in the other hand, and he's mixing. He's got his toe on the faders. Okay, that's that's why this doesn't bang like it should. Like you got this like muted sounding eight oh eight line in here, and it just. And I don't I like really it. like the alternating between like this, like the soul chorus back into like this. Ba- just I do actually. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say, um, on games we play, the beat's cool, but it's like Push's verse that I think is strong and what gave it a seven minus. This one, I don't think Push is doing anything particularly great here at all. It's just some fly talk, basically. It's not as brooding and dark as the previous songs on here. But man, I love this beat. This to me is like the one true banger on the album. I do think it bangs. It's supposed to be a banger, but he didn't. He didn't trick me. Maybe your maybe your speakers. Maybe when you brought it in the car for service, they they did something. Nah, your speakers. because I listened. It sounded good to me. Too. Wait, hit me with that bus. It, it sounds great to me. <laughs> well, listen, the beat, listen <laughs> I gotta be. To I gotta be honest, go. right? Um, to me, like this beat is dirty, and I'm a beat head. You know, sometimes, as long as you don't suck on the beat, I can like a song just for the beat. And this is what this is a, a Mool's beat classic for me. Seven minus. This has been the seven minus has stayed here from the first time I've heard this album. It was games it's, we played that went like, back up to a seven minus. It's such a rudimentary beat to me. It's just like, okay, you got standard banging like drums and then you switch into this like soul sample for the chorus. Like. I don't know. I'm not impressed by this thing at all. I mean, he's on here talking about wrist for wrist. Let's have a glow off. Look, for I, break, I, I said the verses off. are nothing are nothing special, but I disagree completely about the beat. I think the beat is spectacular. Ugh. I mean, I'm thinking about this beat right now and the things that I would have done to it back in my day. <laughs> well, um, I'm great that it can uh, evoke that. Uh, that uh you know nostalgia for you there's no nostalgia it's just or light that, i know light that fire i know i would have i know i would have killed this beat back in the day and I, 
whenever I hear I think you would have done better than Pusha T. I think so too, but that's not for me to decide. You know, it's, it's really, uh, and history, you know, will maybe, maybe one day people will say, you know, Lai Mula is actually a better rapper than Pusha T. But until that day (laughs) comes, I have to give it up, man. Good beat. Good ear for beats. Good beat. Seven minus on this one. Coming off a shitty beat with hard piano. He came back baby with comeback baby. Seven minus. I have nothing else to say about this. Well, it's because you don't have any player in you. (laughs) That's a callback, folks. Uh, If you know, you know. If you know, you know. (laughs) Are we going to make that a soundbite? Oh, Jesus. Listen, I'm not opposed to it because even though I don't like this album, that doesn't mean that there aren't things that I that could end up inside jokes or whatever. Like, you know, I made fun of Panini all year and then I realized, you know what, this song is a hit. You know, hey Panini. Anyway, uh, can we move on? Can we do track five? I'm ready. All right. Uh track five, uh Santaria. Santaria yeah. Ria. Rihanna. Santa Rihanna. Uh another six minus. It's a six for me. Um, listen, this is a, this is a, when we're talking about comparisons. By the way, they they touched on this in the uh, Entertainment Weekly interview. This sample, okay. which is "Queen Bitch" by Lil Kim, they rapped on that original beat, the original Lil Kim beat on "We Got It for Cheap" Volume Two. The song is called "Ultimate Flow." To me, this is trying to re-spark the flame. This is a real leave the memories alone situation, man. Uh, and leave leave the, the wonderful Latin community alone. Stop yeah, stop just dude, taking their stuff. Enough. They got this whole like Spanish breakdown in here. Just just the most fake art. Right. This is even worse than high taste on, level nonsense. Uh, hard piano is the Santeria part with the singing I wrote is more schmaltzy neo-Latino shit and the sped up queen bitch sample with 808s and hi hats feels like cosplay of when Pusha T was better. I'll say one thing. I have one positive thing to say. I think the beat that kind of comes in towards the, the second end of half, the song, right? Yeah, that beat. I the like second that. half of the second verse. So I wrote. Yes, the second half um, of the second verse. I wish that would you was care the to beat explain to song. me why this song is what this song is actually about? Because it's definitely not about Santeria. More aesthetic nonsense in that sense. Second verse is over bare bass and synth pads for the first half and then turns into something really interesting and mysterious for the second yeah. half. Yeah. If it the wasn't for that switch don't. up, this would have been a five for me. Okay. I don't care for it. And all of the, as I keep calling it, neo-Latino stuff, like, it's not a good look, man. It's just, oh, I'm God. not going to get was, into, wait. like... This was 070 singing this? Yeah, this is an uncredited appearance from 070 Shake. And I will save my disdain for this person for a later date. But all I can say is, um, this is fucking bullshit, man. Turn that off. Will you turn that thing off? What's eating you now? Yeah, what's eating you? That music, it stinks. Oh, you don't like it, huh? No, turn it off. Quit putting that garbage out, that music out. This is bullshit, all right? This is total (sighs) bullshit right here, all right? Just stop. And I'm not even saying it from, like, I'm like, oh, this is cultural appropriation. No, I don't care about that stuff. All I'm saying is this sounds like a bunch of fucking nonsense to me. This just you seem like an idiot. What is this song about? Can this you is just an it to excuse me? to use 
a foreign language because you think it sounds and sexy. While simultaneously evoking, you know, one of your most beloved recordings, essentially, you know, uh, this mixtape that is widely considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest of its period. To bring back that feeling. You can't bring back that feeling, dude. It's not 05 anymore. It's over. Leave the Don't memories alone. Don't evoke old work unless you really want to get, you know, a bad review. And especially if you want to be compared to it. So do me a favor, all right? Go back. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you didn't basically. know that this was uh, basically a remake of an older Clips song, go and look up on YouTube Ultimate Flow by Clips and the Reup Gang and tell me that to just the original beat, which is tempo-wise slower than this beat, that they didn't kill that shit and put everything on the line on that song in terms of subject matter, in terms of feeling and emotion. This is a bunch of fucking nonsense. Santeria, why? Why Santeria? What is it? What does it have to do with the song? Because he's evoking the ghosts of the past in music form? That's ridiculous, okay? I, you're lucky I gave this shit a six. Push a T. You know what? You I'm going to add the minus to it like right now. You hear about Spanish ghosts? Go watch uh, what's that a, a minus to this. What's the what's uh, the Disney movie? Coco. That's a great movie. Go watch yeah, Coco, yeah, there you go. bro. Watch watch Coco. Jeez. Or uh, the Devil's Backbone or something. Sure. Never seen that, but sure. It's that Guillermo del Toro. Uh, Guillermo, huh? He loves Arrivederci. <laughs> you gotta get that shit. You gotta get that uh, snippet for the for the for the Patreon. I don't know why, but we need it. Yeah, listen, we need it. I don't know when we'll need it, but we need it. Um Yeah, okay. So Six minus. Track. I just changed my score live on there. Wow. Okay. Six minus from both. It's of stupid. Us. The more I think about it, it's just how stupid this is and just how like pretentious it actually is it's dumb i just i hate it i hate everything about it it's that it's that tone that was set at the beginning of the decade with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy it's like hey everyone let's up our aesthetic and be artsy fartsy you know high, yeah, taste, high taste level. level whatever the fuck that means it's a bunch of hot air we get hollow nonsense for the whole decade um let's move all right on. let's let's uh, move on to where this record falls off a cliff for me Okay, well, track six, What Would Meek Do? Featuring um, Kanye West. Fe- yeah, featuring Kanye West. Uh, give it a four plus. Okay, four plus. I actually give it a six plus minus. Okay. And and this is why. Um, I like the beat, but it's a bad concept. What would Meek do? What, you mean the guy who jumped out the window and got his head taken off? Like, why would you want to do anything Meek did at this at that point in time? Of course, he's since recovered. Shout out to Meek Mill from, you know, his his, uh you know, mistake in 2015, thinking he had the shot and he didn't. He missed. Um, bad concept. Uh, you, you shouldn't be doing you shouldn't be taking any cues from Meek, a guy who got humiliated. Uh, the beat's good, though. But here's the thing. And this is this is where they never had a shot. Going tag team style with 2018 Kanye is ill-advised. Going tag team style with 2018 Pusha T is also ill-advised, I would argue. Yeah, you want to, like, go bar for bar, like, go, you take the first, I'll take the second with 2018 Kanye, you know? 
And then, of course, Kanye comes in talking about whoop, scoop. Look, this is why you got the purple emoji from the boy. Because you, you think you're trolling with whoop, scoop. You know? Listen, I hate this guy because he thinks that, like, like, yo, you guys are supposed to be making this classic Daytona high taste level. Classic, classic, Boop, classic. Scoop. And that's what, what you want to do. That's and what then you want to do on here. the classic? Yeah, I thought this was the classic uh, album of the year and shit. Yeah, please. Listen, he's on here talking about wearing MAGA hats to essentially get out of traffic tickets. But you know that's what? That's the best line I, on the whole I, song. I, I, I'd do it too if I was in person. That's the best. Uh, yo, I'm sorry. That's the funniest and best that line on the whole song. I can't take Listen, when Kanye I can't says, take that risk. Will they let me slide or something if I put my MAGA hat on or something? If I get pulled he's, over, he's genuinely hoping so because he's already drowning in debt and bills. He can't afford a traffic ticket. That shit is funny as hell to me. That was the only line on the whole song that stuck out to me. I I think this shit is whack. I don't like the beat. I don't like the people talking shit. Yay! How do you respond? People talking shit. Push. How do you respond? Man, this is dumb, man. This is supposed to be on your classic you album. Bad concept. It's just, yeah, it's 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 like a joke record, really. It's a troll record to me. Yeah, I mean, you you got to think. In addition to infrared, you got Drake looking at this track list. It's like, what would Meek do? Seriously, dude. Like, you know. Anyway. Now, I would argue that Meek ultimately won that beef in the long run, but that's neither here well, nor there. Well, yeah, because, you know, the lasting impact and now the asterisk. I, I, I think that's a conversation for our, if for you're reading show. this, it's too late review, though. Sure, yeah. Either that or views or, you know. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, look, we can... We're going to have to get into it here in a second because, I mean, I'm done talking about what would Meek do. I don't really have much to say. I don't even really care for the beat on this thing. I give it a four plus. Uh, The plus is for Kanye's line about if he gets pulled over, will the MAGA hat let him slide? No, it won't. (sighs) Track seven, infrared. My only note is we'll discuss on show five minus. For infrared? Yeah. Okay. Well, I actually gave it a six plus. Okay. Uh, another beat that I like. Um, let me just lead off with this. The track before this, and of course this track, obviously, it was bait. It was all bait. And Drake shouldn't have taken it. You know why? Because this was all stuff that it was already being discussed. Right. It was bait. You it didn't need to reply to, to this. To, Everyone to already knows about into- Quentin exposing the thing about the kid and all the other stuff. And Drake stupidly took the bait. I hate that he took the bait, but it was bait. He should have ignored it. He's not as much of a mastermind and a a mobster as he fucking thinks he is, but that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about this song. Sure, Woyoy. Listen, he (laughs) pushes, he's talking about freaking, you know, what does he say? The CEO got blinded by, I can't tell if this is about Kanye or Drake, but he says, well, you know what's funny? In the song, remember when we were just talking about in the news? Mm-hmm. So Pusha T is talking about Lil Wayne on this song and says another rapper trapped and can't retire. Talk about the pot calling the kettle black. 
now we're hearing which he about says on the Kanye. album on another song like i'm the pot calling the kettle black you sure right, are. which is funny because today on this episode we discussed earlier on this week in rap history or this week in the news um kanye and emi the lawsuits back on and this lawsuit apparently kanye can't retire literally <laughs> yeah. contractually in writing he can't retire that's what he's fighting emi over is the right to essentially disassociate himself from them and, you know, continue on with his career as he chooses. He can't retire yet. So it's interesting to me that Pusha T decides to take another shot at Lil Wayne on this record, which I don't think is talked about enough because going back to just earlier today, we're reading this article about how Kanye and EMI have a really fucked up deal. It's not a good deal when you can't retire when you're contractually locked in for the rest of your life. Oh, now it's okay to kill baby. Niggas and that was what we were referencing like earlier. Really a baby. When he said uh, that would mean I'd have to kill baby like abortion. But the funny thing is nobody really, there was no outcry over that line when the song happened. Got it for I think he's more three, so came just talking went. about the whole saga. Like you can, you can throw Exodus in there. It's just like, I mean, he's on here, you know, like, like he's vouching for like salute Ross. Cause the mess, cause you know, of course Ross was going at Birdman around this time. Over right. The and Wayne listen, Bible. Ross went at Drake on color money. They okay. had a falling out. Well, it was, yeah, it was a, because of Meek, but like, I, I really don't think that, and if you listen to Drake's most recent interview, that was more of like a just like, you know, I, I'm still friends with, you know, I'm still friends with you, right, Drake? I just, I got to go with Meek. That's my artist, Meek. And Drake was like, you know, warrior, I understand. It's it's loyalty things, you know, and they they were never mad at each other, Ross and Drake. You I don't know. know. They, just, Ross, they knew what Ross it was. Took time, Ross took time out on color money to get at Birdman and Drake. But you know what's funny? Drake never got back at Ross. Because I'm sure Drake was like, look, Ross is just doing what Ross is supposed to do. Which is a good... Like, you, as someone, like, you're going to vouch for your artist. Ross was within reason to to, to side with his artist. You know? Um, Does that mean that Kanye is in reason to side with Pusha? Yeah, but in that case, don't pretend like you want to be friends with Drake. Fair. Even if it is just a ploy, you know, I guess, I mean, I guess it's fair that he was pretending to be friends with Drake because he was doing it maybe on behalf of Pusha T. Yeah, but it's deceitful yeah. and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's conniving and it's, it's like, it's, it's like pussy behavior, really. It's like you stab me in my back, but smile in my face, you know, like, yeah. like, come yeah. out and like, if we got like, get beef, a, like let's have beef. Get, let's get aggressive you know like let's let's hate each other let's not but they'll tell you, know, you like oh all's fair and in war and love or whatever like this is a trojan sure. horse you know kanye you know made drake think they were it was a tactic and- listen it was a tactical move and there are no rules right but yeah sure there's a lot sure maybe no rules but there's logic and let's discuss logic right the rapper absolutely not okay good what is this Trump shit all about, man? Especially coming off the last song with Kanye West, who it, uh, was it sounds running like around. Correction. It sounds like running correction. around in he knows he's running around with time. Kanye. He knows he's doing it. So, like, yeah, listen, it's mental gymnastics. 
okay? You have your own code, and you know Kanye is not congruent with it, so you kind of have to like at the same on the same album be like, hey, but listen, just just so you know where I stand, I don't think this is cool, but Kanye's great, right? He produced all the beats and he's on the song, and you know, like cognitive dissonance. Yes, it's part of the reason why Drake was on freaking Duppy talking about what do you really feel about the guy who's making your beats. You know, like, come on, bro. Well, that he was re- referring to in, in terms of ghostwriting, ghostwriting, of course. But, you know, like, yeah, it still applies to everything else. It's like you can't call me a coon and not standing up for black issues. And you're running around with MAGA Kanye. Now, here's the thing. You like the beat on this. I don't like the beat on this. I think I like this is a weak diss song. And it was a weak diss song. It was a, like you said, it was bait. It this wasn't meant to, to be, be replied to. I this was shocked when one. it was replied to. The Adi Don was the clips. Those were the real clips that he had loaded up, ready to go, in case this dude took the bait, and he did. So to me, this is like the bait to get to the diss. This is the warning shot. It was shot. a so good move. It was a good chess move. It was a good Drake move, but I don't rate was. moves. Was I don't rate year. moves. I rate songs. Right, sure. And Same this isn't here. a good song to me. I mean, it's not a bad one either. I'm totally in the middle on it. It's a five, which means... It means you feel practically nothing about it. Exactly. I I feel like it unearthed no new information about Drake. It's now in time proven Pusha T to be a total hypocrite. And the veracity of his claims have now like come into question. And you have to wonder like, yeah, like Kanye, like, you know, who's who's trapped and can't retire truly, you know, now that Wayne's out of the deal with Birdman. Yeah. Well, you know, certain things came to light afterwards that make this to me not. I mean, listen, I'm not judging on the on the tactical maneuvers as a as a tactical maneuver. Nine out of ten. It was great. It was great. Drake fell right into the booby trap. He did. And, And I was shocked when it happened, when he fell into it, because. When I was reading the infrared lyrics last year, because I hadn't yet heard that, I was like the day it came out and I'm like, oh, they say Pusha T this Drake. I'm reading the lyrics and I'm like, I mean, this is stuff we've everyone's been saying already. This isn't new. Like, I would I don't think he's going to respond to this. And lo and behold, Duppy comes out. I'm like, oh, OK, I guess we which, get it which is now. not the best move, in my opinion. It wasn't because he opens up a fucking rap disc talking about if you rebuke me like this is Shakespeare or something like that. So if you rebuke me. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're going to get into that when we discuss Scorpion. Infrared. Let's let's talk about infrared. Then listen, he says the game's fucked up. Niggas beats is banging. Nigga, your hooks did it. The lyric pen and equal to Trump's winning. (laughs) The bigger question is how the Russians did it. It was written like Nas, but it came from Quentin. You got to understand at this point, this is like this has been beaten into the ground for three years now. okay. and if you know anything about making music, okay, it's two things you got to know about the rap game. It's kind of expected for rappers to write their own verses. That's like all that's asked of rappers. So I understand. Listen, I wouldn't employ a ghostwriter. I would say I am a I apply myself or I apply the old standards to myself. I would never use a ghostwriter, but. You know that because because I, I I I agree with these with these rap rules and regulations. But if you know anything about music, 
you know how songs come together. It's a collaborative process a lot of times. And if it's 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 injustice of making or it's it's in it's in a service of the best possible result. You know, so you know, blah, 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 Quentin Miller at the mercy of a game where the codes is missing, where the CEO is blinded by the by the glow, it's different. Of course, Drake and Kanye did the song together on More Life Glow. Uh, believe in myself and the Coles and Kendricks. Let the sock puppets play in their roles and gimmicks. Shit, remember Will Smith won the first Grammy and they ain't even recognize Hove until Annie. First of all, Will Smith is a legend. Okay, so so stop it. Stop it. This is the Fresh Prince of... Hey, by the me. way, he's upsetting Annie, me right now. Which he's referring to Hard Knock Life by Jay Z. That yes. was on Jay's third album, only two years after he literally debuted as a solo artist with Reasonable Doubt. So it's not like they were that late on Jay. You know. In, so in, I don't, in, quite frankly, in a mainstream where like rap already was you know, at that time, what is this, 98, we're already coming off of, like, Biggie and Puffy and all these, like, high-profile rap singles with these samples and interpolations in them. It was just what was in vogue at the time. At least on the East Coast, when I was growing up, that was what I was hearing, like, you know, Feel So Good by Mace sampled Hollywood Square or Hollywood Swinging, you know? Like, it's something that was just happening it was like puffy and the hitman and like that was something that you know i'll be missing you was i'll be watching you right yeah the annie thing was just like a logical progression i think of what was happening in east coast <clears throat> hip-hop in the mainstream at the time and we know if we know anything about jay it's that he's usually tapped into the trends of the day so i mean speaking of tapping <laughs> Pusha T continues to say, I don't tap dance for the crackers and sing Mammy because I'm supposed to juggle these flows and nose candy. Ugh. Shut up. All right. Ferrari, my 40th, blew the candles out. Tom Brady, you niggas. I had to scramble out. All right, listen, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a huge football fan and know that much about the NFL, but just from my peripheral, from the outside looking, from what I understand about Tom, Tom Brady is that he's Tom one Brady's of the slower the well, he is the GOAT, but he is one of the slower quarterbacks. I don't think he does much scrambling. Um, He's not like Michael Vick, bro. Like, he doesn't scramble. He's, you know, I could be wrong. Like I said, I don't watch it. But from what I understand about Tom Brady is he's not known for scrambling. You know, so bad bar. Um, They be riding these waves. I pulled my sandals out. Jefe Latin, my Grammy. I went the Spanish route. Yeah, oh, well, we know. Well, Trust uh, me. We, we we heard the Santeria and hard piano already. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, now it's okay to kill baby. Niggas looked at me crazy like I really killed a baby. Salute Ross because the message was pure. You see what I see when you see Wayne on tour. Oh, I guess he said pure. You see what I see when you see Wayne on tour. Flash without the fire. Another multi-platinum rapper trapped and can't retire. Niggas get exposed. I see the cracks and I'm a liar. Should I have been exposed? I took the crack and built the wire. Now, who do you admire? Not you. Um, your rap songs is all trying my patience. Then prices ain't real without inflation. I done flew it. I done grew it. Been a conduit. Monyat bags on my bitches. I done blew it. See through it. Neck eagle it. I bought an Espanol. I eat to it. 
<laughs> what I you to it, and to and you, I and you it, e two is and you right? Mm-hmm. right? Okay. Let Steven talk streaming and Shazam numbers. I'll ensure you get in every gram from us. Steven Victor, his manager. Hmm. Let's cram numbers easily. The only rapper sold more dope than me was Easy E. How could you ever write these wrongs when you don't even write your songs? But let's all let us all play along. We all know what niggas for real been waiting on. Push. Okay, sure. Listen. It, so he decides to end album of the year and shit with a with bait a bait record. This song with the bait record. And I guess Listen, I think you know, the beats in great. that sense, I think the beats the idea, great. It's the best part of everything. I don't um, think the beats that good. It's, it's very ter- here's what I here's what I'll say in terms of the attack on Drake. Um, it stings. I'll give him that. It stings. But the issue is that this is stuff that's just been parodied what for the past about three years. It to you? That's what I want to know. I mean, it's again calling into it's poking at that sore spot, calling into his question and authenticity as a rapper, attacking his you know label bosses. You know, Wayne is it's, it's, he's still I think in the midst of this thing. Carter Five didn't come out yet. Right? No, it didn't come out yet, and he's still in court. And at the time, it seemed like he was not going to win this case. Yeah, he you seems, know, or at least you know, it, he wasn't going to get back what he was asking. You know. And he's basically implying like Drake is tap dancing for white people and, you know, bringing up that you don't write your songs. You're why the game is messed up. All stuff that's been said, but it's said in, you know, a push a T voice, which is menacing and biting and cruel, you know. So, yeah, it stings. Yeah. I don't think it's a great diss record, but I think I think Adi I think Adi Don stings. I think they both sting. This, this one's a lot less because it's stuff that had already been said. But yeah, this one is just like, see, dude, great. Joe Budden did like 37 hours of disses to Drake and Drake didn't say a word. Well, that's because calling all these same things into question. <laughs> that's another that's another podcast in itself. And no, not the Joe Budden podcast. Um, but you know what I'm saying, like, bro, ignore yeah, no, it. I know what you're, you're saying. You're not. But look at what this guy sold first week: seventy thousand records. Debuted at number three. Yeah, dude, you you sell ten times the amount of records of this guy. Why put him over? That's what he's doing. He's putting him over by responding. Yeah, and he shouldn't have done it. it I keep. I've been saying this ever since. He never should have took the bait. Like, I'm not going to say, he's talking about, we know what everyone's like really been waiting on Push. I'm not going to say no one is waiting on Pusha T, but like, come on, we're acting like Pusha T is the savior. This is who we're waiting on. Pusha T is not moving the needle. Come on, man. He's not moving the needle. He might be exciting. He was a great He might be exciting a a certain circle of fans, but he's not changing. Like, dude, Drake is out of here, bro. It's not even a comparison. It's about bars, right? It's about comparing, like, who's got the bars, who's got the credibility. It's not about the sales, right? To me, this is not potent. This is not, like, a good... This is not... To me, I'm shocked Drake took the bait, because this is not Well, you gotta understand, it was better... It wasn't just about the song. You have to think about the wider context. Drake had just left from helping Kanye in that whole camp. So to him... It's even more traitorous. It's like, 
yo, you let him hop, you produce this beat for him to hop on and diss me when I just helped you out. I think that's really why he took the bait. But, you, the gotta, song, but you gotta be a mob boss, right? That's you who gotta you think be you a are. Mob boss. You never you never put your, your neck out there like that. You ask questions. You ask around. A mob boss, listen, Drake, I know you, you talk about these mob ties. Omerita, listen, don't Omerita me, bro. Woyoy. But look, what you need to do when these things happen is use your ties and connections to, to, to ask questions covertly. Be, t, 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 you know, sniff it out. Like, is this really did, real? Though. What's going According on According to Pusha T, he said that Drake was offering people like $10,000. No, after, after the fact, after Adidon, yeah. you know, it was too late by then. But I'm saying like he should have been like asking around. It's like, oh, they want you to jump out because they got something else, you know? I would have, listen, I would have double Trojan horse them. I would have, like, gotten someone to get a verse from Pusha T and done it, like, had Pusha T show up on a song, basically. Like, I don't know. I, I just, maybe some more mind games or something like that, more so than do what you, ended up do happening. Do you think Addy Don would have come out if Duppy didn't come out? I say no. No, it wouldn't have. No. Because it was the whole thing. Excuse. It was since you name dropped my fiance, you know, which, it was like, which, okay, you, I'll take this opportunity to say that was BS. That was BS. Well, because sure. The line but here's the thing. You need a moral, you need a moral justification for something, even if you don't necessarily need one, you need it to express one. Yeah. So it's, you it's need so, it for the public. Because even to, though to the shit supposedly has no rules, hint, hint, you know, bro, it has Drake rules. said, I'm going to let it ring on you like Virginia Williams, like a wedding ring. But like, that's not disrespectful to your wife. All he did was say her name. Like, right. Honestly, it's more disrespectful like the, all to the, all the gas you needed to, to do what you did. No, it's Come bullshit. On, I'm not but like I said, it's you a, wanted it's, to do this from the beginning. It's a moral justification. But here's the thing, right? Be that as it may. I'm not talking about, uh, I think it's worse to his persona than it is to his wife or his fiance at the time. Because essentially, we're not supposed to think that this guy has a wife. Listen to what he raps about. Right. Okay. Thinking I mean, about listen, this Drake character. Saying, like, you an approachable dude. Like, you're a nice guy. You have a wife. Right. Like, and it's, and these, it. exactly. You have a wife. You're, you live in the suburbs. Like, let's, let's dial it down a notch. You're not like fucking Tony Montana out here. But and that's more damaging like, oh, to that's cute. I don't actually really mind that, but great. You just gave me an excuse. I'm going to spin exactly. it like I was really bothered by it. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I've been and saying. That's, and, that's, and those are the games we play, right? <laughs> nice. I like, how you, I like how you did that. But look, you bring it all back, and it's like, why did this start over BAPE? You have a problem with this guy, and you claim it's because he's always messing up the rap No, game. because he's Lil Wayne was the biggest rapper Lil Wayne was the biggest rapper at the time, and now Drake's the biggest rapper. And he's so, associated you know with this. And you he's, he's coming from the lineage of Lil Wayne. So you know what I have to say? It's jealousy, which ultimately, no matter what happens after, it makes you look weak. Push a T, it makes you look weak. Because I don't see, unless there's something behind the scenes I don't know about, this all stems from these guys being popular, and you take it all the way back they wore bape, and I guess you right. felt like and you, you were bape initiated first. that wave. You, and you, you weren't credited. wore bape first. And clothes, bro. We're and talking about not, clothes. And you feel like it's not fair because this guy's wearing it now, and he's successful, and you're not as successful, but you wore it first. Well, here's a newsflash. Lil Wayne didn't get on the cover of Vibe magazine because he liked wearing bape. 
okay? Lil Wayne got on the cover of Vibe magazine, quite frankly, long overdue at that point because he's a fucking legend and he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. And practically in this time period, nobody was seeing him. So you felt you felt it was warranted to to you know basically what you're telling me by extension or just just like but this, but SAT, here's the thing to like understand that to understand that I feel like me, you have to understand the streetwear phenomenon and craze and hype beast era of the mid two thousands. Sure, but I'm saying it's still close, bro. You're yeah, of saying course it's you close. felt and it it's was especially warranted. stupid to you because you don't even like clothes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sitting here looking like a schmuck right now. Full disclosure, but what I'm saying is, he felt it was warranted. This all dates back to a, a magazine cover and Bape and him not feeling credited with. Didn't he also say like he thought Wayne was like still in their flows too? That was like another part of it, right? I don't recall. Okay, well, regardless. there's something I will say though. Um, in Bossy, remember Bossy, the song by Khalees? Yep. She said, I'm the one who told Young Stunner he should switch to bait. I'm back with an 808 because I'm Bossy, right? So Khalees, who's an associate also of Pharrell, who's the original bape wearer, <laughs> is the one that, that told Lil Wayne to wear bape. She says it on the song Bossy. Wow. So, so the woman is the real tastemaker. Really? This is you, why the patriarchy needs to be struck down. Well, no, Pharrell's the real toxic masculinity maker. floating around. Because Pharrell was the original wearer of Bape in America. Like, he was the guy who made that hot before. Bro, it's in the, his name. Fur, her, fur, her, Pharrell, her. Yeah, bro. for her, for her all. For her all. For her all. all. For for her all. For her all Williams was the first one to wear bait, not the clips. He gave it to the clips because they were his artists. And he's like, yo, if I'm going to be dressed head to toe in this fucking shit, you guys got to wear it too. <laughs> you know? And then Khalees was like, hey, I'm going to hang out with Lil Wayne, guys. I'll see you later. And she was like, hey, you should wear this bape stuff too. They're wearing it. You should wear it. It's the coolest stuff out right now. And he was like, hey, I like it. Give me some of that bait. And flash forward to 2018. And now you're outing someone's child because of Bape. Because of yeah, Bape. real cool. Real cool, bro. Real Bape. cool, yeah. Surgical summer, right? Surgical summer, Crown. all summer long. You except dweeb. we, only, you we dweeb. only got what? Two records a piece? You're, you're a dweeb. Or one right. record. No, Listen, two, one I would record say this piece. to his face. Pusha T, you're a great rapper. This is a bad album, and you're a dweeb for what you did to Drake. Wow. Unless well, there's something say, more to this that I don't know about. I'll just say, Pusha T, this is not your best work. Um, your claims that this is album in the year of the year and shit, I actually would like to correct you. It's just and shit. And <laughs> oh, uh, my rating, two out of seven for a 28.5% rating uh, for the takeaway. Uh, 40 points out of an available 70 for 57% enjoyment. Add those two together, multiply them or divide them by two rather. And my weighted rating for Pusha T Daytona, 42.5% weighted. Okay. Well, zero out of seven for me uh, for a, you know, 0% takeaway. 
Uh, he got a total of 42 points, which is more points than you gave him. You know, so my average rating is going to be higher. Let me see. Hey, what I don't like, I don't like. And what I like, I like a little bit more than you I mean, Dan pointed this out. You know, like you tend to go lower or higher. And I tend to stay around this six range because most things. My enjoyment is typically lower across the board, it seems. Yeah. Um, Even if I take away more songs, I enjoy myself less. So this is a 30% weighted for me. Because this is about pain, right? Pain? Yeah, this is about, like, I mean, ultimately, um, you know, when I when I enjoy, like, even if I like more songs than you like, I enjoy the album less than you do. Yeah. Well, uh, the rap Or I guess rankings, we don't call that enjoyment anymore. We call that the average rating. It's the average. So. They, don't, they don't know about that. So the rap ranking score is 36 point. 25% um, making this the new worst rap album of all time on the rap rankings board wow Big, Shine, Big Sean no longer the worst album you of all can time. now leave rap rankings jail <laughs> Pusha T listen Pusha T do I think you're a better rapper than Big Sean absolutely oh hell this, yeah this, this album is not is not 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 the one man all right. Okay. You did I at least rate this album? Stuff. Did I at least rate this album higher than I rated the Big Sean album? Um, I rated this a forty-two point five percent. I don't have your weighted rating, so. <sighs> Damn it! What happened to that? Uh, no, I think you did weight this rate this higher though, because my weighted rating is a forty-seven point five percent. And our rap rankings weighted rating is a 40.5. So whatever yours was, it was under 40.5%. Okay, so I actually prefer this to Hall of Fame by Big Sean. I disagree, I guess, with that notion, but that's not how we rank things here. It's an equal, Mules and Mel get equal say on the board. So you prefer Daytona to Hall of Fame. Uh, I you prefer, prefer Hall of Fame, Fame to, Daytona, to Daytona, but when it's but all said ultimately, done, we, they both I guess, yeah, they both suck. And, you know, yeah, so that's our truth about Daytona. Our truth? The word being our. What's up? Our. What's our. up? Oh, What's up? People in the place. What? <sighs> Listen. All right. This is uh, this has been... Let me see. We're coming up. It's one hour and 53 minutes. Other part was like 36. All right. It's going to be like two and a half hours, this thing. It's nice for a seven-track album. Uh, uh, So we've we've given them like freaking 13 hours worth of content this week. Can we – let's wrap it up, bro. All right. Well, uh, thanks for checking out Rap Rankings. And Mel, do you want to plug some of the content that's available right now exclusively on Patreon um, at raprankings.com before we go? Uh, exclusively, sure. Um, we have, ow, I just scraped my elbow on the blinds. Well, that's just perfect. What is this, karma for not liking Daytona? So what? Uh, there are three mixtape reviews available now. Pharrell, In My Mind, the prequel. Uh, Buster Rhymes, okay. I Bullshit You Not. And Soulja Boy, The Last Crown. If you would like to hear our first listen new album reviews, we have a few of those as well. Uh, for okay. some reason, I don't have them written down here. <laughs> so I'm gonna write well, them I know what they are. 
We have Cameron Purple Haze 2. Yeah, that's we have Smith and Currency Prestige, Prestige Worldwide. Worldwide. We have Gangstars, one of the best yet. Yeah. And we have Young Jeezy, TM104, Hustlers, Ambition. No, I thought it was the Legend of the Snowman or something. Sure, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think that's all of them. And then yeah, we also all... have our supersized 11-hour, nearly 11-hour uh, deep dive into... 2019 wrap-up. And what tier so, do you have to be at to receive that? The five dollar tier. Okay, um, it's very long. It's a whole lot of content for listen, your. Listen, I've got a testimonial here, bro. Like, I listen. If you want to know if this is worth it, I got a message from one of my patrons, and I won't reveal their name so as not to embarrass them. But they said the five dollars a month I give to this Patreon is easily the most value filled purchase I've ever made. Between this and the eleven hours of rap commentary. I might die of a Melvin Birch overdose this week. Listen, bro. I mean, like, listen, we're just, we're here for the patrons, man. We we want you to get your money's worth. You notice that he said he was going to die of a Melvin Birch overdose, not a Mool's overdose, because I'm not toxic. You can take in as much <laughs> of me as you forever and not get sick. Uh, uh, so well worded from that patron. Thank you very much for the compliment. Uh, listen, we... You know, the sale came. You know, the sale came and went. But you know what's forever? Okay? Rap. And we're here. And at Rap Rankings, this is the show where every listen is like a first listen. That's true. All right. Let's get out of here. All right, guys. See you next month.